Hey, hey. What's up, guys? Happy New Year. GM, GM. Happy New Year. Happy Thor Chad New Year. 2023, baby. Is that your rune price prediction? Uh, yes, that, that was exactly what that was, actually. <laughs> <laughs> that was a good one. <laughs> hey, Pluto. Happy New Year. Happy New Year, guys. Hey, Happy New Year. So, I just saw that there's 10 million in the Sabres vault as of today. So, congrats. Damn. Yeah, pretty Things are, epic. like, going so nice with, with Sabres. Yeah, I was, hope- I was predicting 10 million by end of year, but I underestimated how, how much people go back to the real world for for Christmas and stuff like that. <laughs> it slowed yeah. down for those those several days for sure. Yeah, everything's been I I think I think people I think it's good too because you know, everyone can just like you can step away without like thinking that you're going to miss something or like something's going to happen or or whatever like I think everyone knows that now's the time to kind of chill because it's bad back to business in 2023. Yeah, I think it it pretty much like shot right back to the pace that it was at before the holidays. Uh, it was just quiet for, I don't know, five days or something like that. There were still, there were still some funds coming in, but it was like, I don't know, maybe a quarter or so of, of the daily average roughly. Yeah. It's definitely down a, a little bit, but I mean, still it's, it, it's getting like 15 BTC a day at, at least in the savers vault. Uh, like it's still filling up really nicely. Which is exactly what you what's, want to see. What's, what's the APR on, on uh, Sabres Bitcoin? Five percent. That's interesting. And very respectful of five percent, I will say. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, why is it, why is it so high though? It feels like it hasn't gone down. It feels like it's been around five percent. Like you'd expect that it would be going down. I, I, I do have a theory oh. on. So Pluto, by the way, your mic is kind of cutting in and out. I don't know if you're on the road or whatever, but. Um, I, I do kind of have a theory as to why that is. And I think it might maybe is, do you think it's because of other savers deposits? Cause savers deposits are normally pretty large and while swaps are normally pretty small. So like a savers deposit puts a lot more slip into, um, you know, it, it basically gives the yield to the other savers as people are entering in a lot. And there's, you know, a, like a, a good amount of entries per day, 15 BTC per day, um, probably a much higher deposit value than would be like swap volume. So maybe that's where some of this yield is coming from. People just entering the savers vaults with larger portions than they would be swapping normally. Yeah, that's a good call. So maybe once we hit the caps and then, you know, what are at the cap, at least for the Bitcoin pool for a few weeks, we should start to see the APRs come down a bit possibly. Yeah, I'm trying to find it. I think Multipartite had written up a theory or some calculations or something that I don't know if you guys remember what he had said on that, but there was something there. Yeah, so I wonder, maybe it has something to do with the mechanism by which, uh, you know, yield gets taken from the regular LPs. So the, the way I believe this to happen is at the end of every block, the network 
detects how much rune is swapped between, uh, or sorry, how much rune is earned in fees for the LPs in that pool. And then it just takes half of that rune and then it just buys synthetic assets with it and deposits it into the pool. So I believe that's the mechanism by which uh, the savers actually accrue that yield. And I guess uh, the rune BTC price has kind of been holding up the past like couple months. So there really hasn't been any like drawdown in terms of like, you know, uh, yield to, to regular LPs or anything like that. So I don't know. I, I guess everything's just, uh, everything's looking nice. I mean, you really can't complain about 5% in the savers vault. And I'm sure everyone that's in already uh, <laughs> is definitely not, not complaining about 5% on, on the savers vault. Yeah, I guess that also means uh, dual side LP yields have probably been doing much better in the past month or so versus the past before that. Uh, given if, if the savers yields that high, that means the, the LPers is like double that, which means Bitcoin's like 10% when it was what, like 4% or something? Yeah, well, it doesn't mean that the regular BTC APR is going to be exactly double. Uh, just because of the way, like the, the right. way that it's distributed, it, it doesn't mean that they're going to be double. I don't know. It's uh, I don't know. I don't know if there's like a I've, I have a mental model to like how to think about that yet. I'm like actually what the split is between the the, the, the two because it really depends on like how many people are in each, and there's obviously a lot more uh, regular liquidity providers and there are savers at the moment. Right, right. Yeah, definitely not exact, but I just kind of use that mentally as like a really simple starting point. But I guess that's true. It's less accurate as as it was getting started because savers was such a small percentage. And as it's getting higher and higher, then uh, that'll change. So, Yeah, especially as it becomes half the pool, then uh, maybe we'll see it like, you know, drop down to be about what half of the savers APR is. Or I guess it, it, it would also depend on the permanent loss too, because the, because the the regular LP performance is completely determined on impermanent loss, right? So since Savers doesn't experience any impermanent loss, it's like they they always will be different, and they always will have some kind of variance to them. I think, unless there's, I mean, if there's really positive impermanent loss, as in like you know uh, prices shift more towards ruin than than asset, then the APRs go way up on the regular liquidity pools. So what's the, the dynamics thing? are very different. I think what, one of the things that's been interesting is that we haven't seen a ton of dual LPs pulling out and putting into savers. I think I saw, you know, I think I saw a couple examples of that, but it, it appears that the, the majority of um, savers is, is new capital, which is, which is good. That's awesome. Yeah, that's something I've definitely been curious about and didn't really have any statistics or anything on, but that's awesome to hear. Yeah, I mean, that's exactly what you want to see. We don't want to just see, though I guess it's not necessarily a bad thing if some switch over, but it's not really like a net gain, um, whereas obviously new capital is. Yeah, I'll do, a, I'll do a tweet thread, actually. I'll do some analysis of the, um, the dual-sided BTCLPs, and we'll, we'll figure out what percentage of those addresses um, show up in the savers vault too. So I'll, I'll put out a tweet that says what percentage of the savers are existing dual LPs or are completely new. 
Yeah, that would be really cool. And yeah, I've been seeing the same thing where there really hasn't been a lot of current LPs pulling out and putting into a Savers Vault. And probably the reason why that is is just the rune exposure on the other side of that. Uh, the, the, the people who are in regular LP, LP positions uh, want that rune exposure, and the people who are in the Savers positions want the uh, want the Bitcoin exposure. So it, it makes sense to have a, a completely different class of user that's that, that's wanting to be in uh, in the, those, those types of LPs and and Anyone that's that's switching from like a, a rune L, uh, LP position, like a, a rune Bitcoin LP position, to like a Bitcoin Savers Vault, um, you know, they're pr- probably doing that from the like the risk management standpoint, where you know they they probably wouldn't have entered as, as big of a position going into a a rune Bitcoin LP just because of the, the extra risks that are. Uh, that you know that, that come with being a dual sided LP, um, especially the in- increased rune exposure. But um, so it, it makes sense to see a completely different class of LPs with with different risk profiles joining the uh, the, the savers side of things. R- really great to see this. And yeah, I know one thing that you mentioned before is that we really want to start seeing you know not just the Bitcoin savers, but uh, everything else too grow because. Um, just having Bitcoin liquidity on the network isn't actually going to materially I- improve anything. If you can't, if you can just swap Bitcoin to Rune cheaper, that doesn't actually um, make other swaps any any cheaper at all. So, seeing this liquidity start to you know trickle into some of the other pools like uh, like Ethereum and uh, like Avalanche are uh, very very necessary. Especially like Avalanche, which only has like maybe a million in, in liquidity uh, on Thorchain right now. It's like very, very tiny and m- much smaller than it, than it should be, uh, in, in my opinion. So, Yeah, and those are hugely beneficial for aggregation because like you said, BTC, I mean, that's just going to help BTC swaps, obviously. But ETH and AVAX, that helps potentially every ERC-20 on ETH and AVAX uh, get better, better pricing as as those gas pools get deeper. So yeah, I saw a lot of big slugs added to, to ETH recently. I didn't really notice if that was happening with AVAX too. But um, yeah, hopefully we keep seeing both of those get deeper. Yeah, yeah having a deeper ETH pool is going to be crucial to the DEX aggregation um, narrative playing out and getting more volume through that. Um, also AVAX, I, I know for a fact that we are integrated with a wallet or a DEX, I forget which one it is. But we're integrated with some wallet or a DEX where like Thorchain is not the preferred path because the AVAX pool is not deep enough. So Yeah. Sorry, that was a dumb saying my um yeah, I was just gonna say that that's like that's a direct piece of evidence that like indicates that we would be getting more volume, more revenue if we were to get a deeper AVAX pool. What do you guys? How do you guys feel about um, trading competitions and like, like, I, like I, I thought it'd be cool if we did. Um, I know some people think that they're, they're pretty shitty, but I think I think if they're if they're done right, like if we did something where we select like like a person like an AVAX saver at random and just airdrop them like you know five thousand AVAX, um, and, you know, within a period, so anybody anybody can like enter to win. You know, uh, we'll just pick like a random, a random saver um, in a in a given vault in a given period of time, and then maybe we can also do one where it's like the top person who like deposits the most within a specific period of time. But those, but those, those are like easily you can easily game that kind of thing because someone can just like deposit a bunch and then withdraw it. 
But I just think like just like saying, hey, we're gonna choose like three savers at random. Anyone who deposits in the next any new addresses that deposit in the next week will be randomly selected. Like I, I like I like those kind of things because it just kind of like generates hype and it's it's a pretty low cost way of doing the customer acquisition. I know you guys yeah, on that kind of stuff. Maybe the the better way to do that instead of like going for liquidity because liquidity already has its own rewards just just being in in the uh, being a liquidity provider, right? But actually, maybe it's doing some kind of incentives on. Uh, synthetic assets and getting more people trading synthetic assets because I mean uh, you know going into using Thorchain as a a, as a DEX as like a trading tool synths are the perfect like spot price mechanism where uh, you know you you have that real BTC price and you know you can sell it for the spot price on on Thorchain with you know very quick finality um, you know, tr- trade almost instantly. That's why the arbitrage bots already use it. It's like Thor, Thor synths are, you know, one of the one of the perfect like trading primitives, especially if you're responsible. I think it's because that Thorchain has no leverage, which is really what these like the, the trader like type of. Trading interface and, you know. people to use since and, and people who have not used them yet um, to, to see to like actually like use them and, and, and just see how they work and how how fast they are and you know, how it's very easily um, you know basically one-to-one redeemable for the underlying asset it makes it a very attractive uh, trading primitive and I, I think doing some incentivization there to get people who who have not traded since yet to start trading them that uh i think something like that might be a good idea yeah that could be cool that also makes me think of the uh perpetuals uh draft that that was written up that uh people were talking about a little bit which could be something interesting in the future potentially um <clears throat> i don't know if you guys have thought much about that yet um i've been trying to think about it a little bit but yeah also the, the trading uh, before that just the, the trading competition stuff is is really cool that's something we've definitely talked about on on the the thor swap side like at the at the interface level i've never even thought about if like thor chain as a protocol would offer that just because it I, I love the idea it seems like something that would be like like, I don't know, we typically there's not really incentivizing particular pools, for example. So it seems like kind of a, a step away from just like the agnostic, let things be as they are sort of philosophy that Thorchain usually seems to have. So I don't know if you mean that that would come from like the Thorchain treasury or how that would kind of be like funded or, or uh, like oh, governed. Yeah. I don't think it could be network native at all. Like it would need to be some kind of like, you know, uh, like the treasury, um, you know, puts up some kind of bounty or, you know, a nine realms so some kind of rewards thing there. Like it, it couldn't be network native, like incentivized trading on, on the network. It, it would need to be some kind of like, you know, like we would probably need to organize something like that to make, to make that happen. I mean, we, we would, like there's no other way to do it. Yeah. I think, I think it could be cool. It's just a fun idea. I don't, you know, some people feel strongly that, 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 that we don't do that kind of thing. Yeah. But, hey, it's it's 2023. We're trying out new ideas. Yeah, new year, new incentives, new new fun stuff. When, it's marketing. It, it really is. Yeah, I mean, I I definitely think we need to actually start spending money on 
on, on marketing, smart marketing. But Familia Cow and I have talked about this before. I would love to just see the presence of ThorChain ramping up at, um, at conferences. I think that could be a really high ROI um, way of you know, deploying, deploying um, you know, treasury funds, even just having a treasury subsidize getting us out there to go like talk to people in person. You know, I want to, I want to do a lot more of that this year is uh, actually going to like, you know, speaking at conferences, speaking on panels. I think Eridanis is going to be um, speaking at something in Miami. Do you know more about that? Yes. Uh, Quantum Miami on, it is later this month, I believe maybe the 24th. Um, Quantum Miami 2023. January 25th to the 27th in Miami. And yeah, Eridanos will be there for sure. I think I will probably go out too. Um, and this will, where, where is it in Miami? I guess just in Miami. Quantum Beach. Collins Ave in Miami Beach. All right. Yeah, so um, we'll be there a cross-chain panel. And uh, they're, they're putting together the panel right now, but... Um, I'm not. I'm not sure if they've, they've announced this yet, but well, we're definitely going to be out there. So I, I believe Paul, who is just who just popped in, but he's out now from Edge Wallet, um, told us he was going to be there. So we we thought we would make our way out there too. So uh, we'll, we'll we'll be at Miami at the end of the month in about uh, 19 days, 20 days from now. So come say hi if anyone lives in Florida or lives in Miami and uh, wants to. Oh, one one thing about this actually is we will have uh, tickets to give away actually to see um, to go to Quantum Miami. Uh, so we'll be we'll be doing this in the future, probably in the next like two weeks or so. So if people are, are from Miami, um, you could DM me as in DM Familiar Cow, and I can uh, get get you tickets to go uh, actually see the panel and go to the, the conference if anyone is around. So uh, if people are interested, like definitely. Let me know because we'll we'll have some kind of Thorchain presence there, and I'm also working on just thinking about what events we want to be at in 2023. Uh, one one of those on the list is ETH Denver in March, and I believe that is the first weekend of March. I was just looking that up earlier. Uh, so whoever is at ETH Denver, um, we will also probably be there, and that's from March 2nd to March 5th in Denver, Colorado. So. We'll be at at least the two, and then if if there's other events and, and people like have events that they would like to see us at, um, you know, let us know. So that way we can ask for you know speaking slots and you know try and get on some panels or maybe get a booth or something. I don't know. We're still trying to figure out this whole um, event like calendar type thing, but it's definitely something we want to make more of a presence at because uh, this is just where we're going to meet other people in the industry to get more people building on top of ThorChain and using ThorChain's liquidity for their own apps. Uh, so it's a perfect place for us to be. So definitely come check us out. If you're in Miami, then I hope to see you on the 25th for our, our cross-chain panel. We'll see who else is up there. I'm not, I'm not sure who else is uh, who else will be up there talking with us. Nice. Yeah, that's a great way to get the word out. Are there any other uh, like high level marketing sort of ideas other than that that you guys are thinking much about? The integrations is the biggest marketing thing that we that we can possibly do. So I don't think there's anything that could be bigger than just doing more integrations, which is like obviously like part of the the, the current roadmap. But 
the in-person events, I think, is going to be important for the next couple of years. Like while we're um, while while everyone's kind of like heads down building it, like the in-person events is going to be the time to connect with people who maybe know about Thorchain and don't really uh, you know know what to do with it or like how they can uh, use that with their own apps and and businesses. So like th- that'll be the place to do basically more of the groundwork for the integration. So you, you kind of see how this all, like basically all roads lead to Thorchain integrations where uh, like all, all of these other things that we're doing, like even, even these spaces is just to, is so more people like understand what's going on here and it eventually leads into more applications and apps and, uh, and, and businesses integrating Thorchain and using Thorchain's liquidity and getting new LPs. It, they, all, they all lead to the same place, and that's more, more big apps using uh, Thorchain, which we're definitely going to see in 2023 and, and beyond. Yeah, just on, on the note of, um, of conferences, you know, it's, it's, it, it, the, the quality is this year and next year is going to be way higher. And it's going to be way more signal to noise than, you know, in previous years when in bull markets they're dominated by, you know, all kinds of wacky stuff. You'll largely find that in like bear markets, the conference has actually returned to interesting technical topics and, you know, real substantive stuff. So there definitely if you if you have never been to one, I think like this would be a good year to to go check out a um, you know, crypto conference. And um just on the note of like integrations, you know, in, integrations, it's like a, you know, it, 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 it's, it's usually not really like a cut and dry thing. Um, and uh, it, it takes a lot of like groundwork and, and legwork just to like get momentum behind an integration. So like, for example, you know, we had definitely been on the radar, you know, as far as awareness of, um, you know, of, of, of key integrators, like for, you know, quite a bit of time before they actually made the decision to, to integrate and so like one of the things to keep in mind is that this it's you know it like it takes a while to like build up um goodwill and, and you know with, with the community and with different integrators and that's that's like an ongoing process so yeah again to your to your point cal like just doing these spaces being out there in the world talking um you know showing people that there's actually like a team behind this um and, you know that all those things kind of like um, add to the ability to, to land those integrations. So I think that the integrations and like the marketing, you know, are sort of are sort of tied in a way. Um, and yeah, we'll both keep we'll keep doing both of those things. They'll be a major focus in, in 2023. Yeah, and they're, they're tied like the integrations and the marketing are tied together. Like, and it ha- it has to be that way because there's nothing there's nothing to market with with Thorchain. Like the you can't just say like, oh, yeah, I, like, I don't know, you put Thorchain on a billboard and say people use it. Like, where where do you use it? All right, you use it on someone else's app. It, there's, there's, there's no clear, uh, there's no clear way to uh, market th- that type of, of product in this type of environment where without doing these integrations. And because the, the integrations are, are the are the key part of, you know, this entire, this entire product, right? So, uh, you know, as I'm saying, like all roads really do lead to, to integrations and more apps and, uh, and and companies using using Thorchain for their own services. Which, I mean, anyone that's that's uh, you know really 
you know, talked with us and, and seen like what, what Thorchain can do and power in their own apps has really come around. But the, the you know, the process do take a while and people have to, um, you know, have the the want to, to integrate and uh, put put their own resources towards that. That's, you know, their own engineering time and, and QA time and sacrificing other features for, for their own apps to get uh, to prioritize the Thorchain integration. That the, the the trust wall integration that that was a you know well over a year of of conversations and then months of of testing until it, it finally shipped and it's it's still not even fully out to to all of their users so like just I would kind of use that as a I mean I I use that as a mental model to like think of like how long these these like business relationships actually take to come to to real fruition so we, we just need to continue to, to to sow the seeds that have been planted over the past couple of years and then uh you know while while we're doing that we need to plant a couple more seeds to to harvest in a couple of years yeah i think we're almost downplaying just how quickly that could accelerate too you know like having a huge domino like trust and then you know six months down the road seeing how many how much swap volume they're doing how much fees they're potentially generating then all of all the competitor wallets see that and they're like, well, why would we not be doing that? It just, and that's back to what you were saying about integrations really being the best marketing, because if, if Thorchain can just say like, Hey, look at trust wallet, look how well this worked for them. Then every other trust wallet, whoever else, it's, it's just such an obvious integration, including, including DEXs too, right? Cause single chain DEXs start going multi-chain and then they're getting all this volume, all these new users that they didn't have access to it's we're, we're going to get to a point where it's just the it, it's necessary cost it, it's just entry right um uh, so definitely think it's going to just snowball yeah has anyone so, else felt the wind changing a bit after the trust wallet integration like i i do feel like it is like uh you know Thorchain's more being pushed more towards like the center of of the zeitgeist where more people are trying to like you know, people who might have done research on it like a couple of years ago uh, are now just like starting to come back again and just say like, hey, what is actually going on here? I don't know whether it's trust or savers or maybe just a combination of everything or maybe just bear market boredom. But uh, I don't know. It does it does feel here like the, the winds are kind of uh, shifting a bit, like the, the undertones, at least from from my view. Yeah, and absolutely. I, I mean, I, I we definitely feel that it's it's playing out across Twitter. It's playing out across, you know, just inbound into our inboxes on on Twitter and Discord and you know via email through Nine Realms Cap. So it's just like, yeah, it's been crazy, and and we're just super excited to be like, you know, meeting the you know the, the meeting the challenge head on. But yeah, the headwinds have definitely shifted. Yeah, hundred percent. I feel like. I feel oh. like the, yeah, the, I mean, Chad Thoreau, do you want to talk about Ledger at all? You got any? You got any sweet alpha for us? I feel like that's your that's your guys' thing. A little bit, yeah. Uh, so Mogarky uh, posted a teaser. Maybe we can pin it up, but showing uh, the Thor Swap app within the Discover section of Ledger Live. Uh, not quite yet, but that's definitely there's definitely a lot of strides going towards that, which I think is a great first step. Um, just so people understand that is different than say just going into ledger and you know clicking a swap button and having having thor swap or thor chain be the invisible background that we all kind of talk about and dream about and that's definitely where things are hopefully heading but this stage is like a good 
foot in the door. I know there's a lot of sort of technical changes that that Ledger is 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 doing on the back end to kind of pave the way for that. You know, changing things with memo sizes, things like things like that that they have to adjust. So that'll be a really cool first step to be able to just go into Discover where there's you know other apps and other um, things you can use, and then to be able to just use ThorSwap right within Ledger Live um, will be will be pretty sweet. So, so that's so that like is actually connecting through your ledger in the ledger app, making a swap without you know without actually leaving the ledger ecosystem at all. I mean, I mean, you're it, it's it's technically like an, you guys are running an app, so it'll be like the Thor Swap app, but they'll still be able to interact with it the same way they do, like with the Thor with le, the ledger integration on Thor Swap's web front end, right? That's right. Yeah, as I understand it, it's basically like Thor Swap running through essentially a browser within within Ledger Live. So you're in the Ledger Live app, you're using your Ledger, your accounts can connect and all that, but you're basically opening what looks like the ThorSwap you already know within Ledger itself. So that's that's so sweet. Yeah, and and once that goes out, you know, it just seems like that's almost like a, a you know, a stepping stone to them integrating it into um, you know, they could use they could then Thor, uh, integrate the actual ThorSwap API to um, to do that like more even in the asset view, um, which I think that would be like the holy. That's what that's what I think we all want. But it seems like this is the uh, the natural like first step in, in you know building out a relationship between you guys and and you know Thorchain and ThorSwap and and Ledger is is just having this like you know Discover app and then and then you know progressing the uh, the conversation from there depending on you know whatever feedback they get if they get overwhelmingly positive feedback about that um you know then then they might be more inclined to you know add that as a native thing into the uh into the asset asset tracker section yeah that's definitely the, the holy grail to just have it just straight up swaps not have to go through this app um sort of uh section i i just pinned it up if people kind of want to see what that would look like through the discover section but yeah exactly what you said it's a great great foot in the door and yeah we'll have to do some pushes maybe perhaps for just existing users to really uh switch like use that functionality and kind of give feedback to ledger and show how how useful that is and that can be a really good proof of concept to show how how much use and interest there would be if it was just the the normal swap and then also you know as back to pools getting deeper helping the aggregator all of that sort of thing you know um what do they have right now? Just is it is it Changely or Change Now? I, I mix those up, but I think they only have one path right now, right? Because um, I guess they had like FTX or or whatever in there. So you know, as those routes get better and better, then it's just going to become a no brainer for them to to integrate it for the whole swap n- normal swap functionality. That's obviously the the goal. That's not what's happening yet, but I th- I yeah. think it's uh, not out of the realm of possibility for sure. I think I think one of the things that I would remind anyone who's listening to this call and, you know, to any, any Thor Chads that, you know, one of the best ways that you can help support the project is when these integrations do go live, go into those apps and those, you know, those services that are integrating ThorChain and actually use them and submit feedback directly to the people who integrated, because it really helps us when, you know, people go into trust wallet and open up a support ticket and say, this worked really well. Thanks for adding this or, or you know, whatever, you know, if, if that's truly was the case and you had a good uh, experience using, using ThorChain, I think, you know, that's a, that's a great way to help the project is like pay attention when these things land, go actually use them, 
if it's part of like, you know, a product or service that you already use, like I was already a ledger and a trust wallet user before, you know, before either of these things. And, you know, just being it going in and some, submitting a, you know, a support ticket and saying, Hey, thanks. This worked great. Like, you know, giving feedback is a, is a great way to help us. But yeah, super excited to see that land. I, I hope there's uh, some more traction on that as this new year starts off. Yeah, absolutely. Hey, Oleg, what's what's up? Are you are you here to drop some more alpha on that? <laughs> hey guys, happy new year! Uh, just wanted to pop in quickly. Um, so we talked about swaps and the Thor swap integration. Uh, yeah, this, so this is ongoing. So basically, we have to within the Ledger uh, app, like the desktop app, you have to communicate with uh, the Ledger SDK to communicate with the device. So we're kind of testing the what's possible, what we can do. But one thing I just want to mention, um, as much as swaps are nice, I think we will also, we as in TorChain, the ecosystem, will also benefit from just the ledger kind of seal of approval. Um, I do have some friends, I'm still friends with them, who are Bitcoin maximalists or leaning towards uh, Bitcoin maximalism. And so I have this particular friend, um, so he's in a crypto OG and, He's like, yeah, you know, I, I told him about a single-sided yield for Bitcoin. He's like, yeah, you know, I, I keep my Bitcoin on my ledger and I, I want kind of want to keep it there. And I'm pretty sure for those kind of people, then if it kind of gets the seal of approval or just an affiliation with Ledger and you can do everything, including providing liquidity um, on ThorChain from the Ledger app, I think that's just great. Um, so I, I don't want to make any promises, but for that kind of people and that kind of friend, which I'm sure there are plenty of ETH maximalists and Bitcoin maximalists who would feel much more comfortable depositing like Bitcoin or Ethereum or even uh, pair with, with, with Room, but doing it from the Ledger uh, app. So let's just not forget that ThorSwap or any integration that gets done in the Ledger app uh, is not limited to swapping, but also to LP. It's probably even bigger than just the regular swaps right like especially if you had savers integration uh you know baked into that i was talking about this a lot with trust wallet but you know the same applies for any of these like well-known and and trusted brands in in crypto uh and that's just like by by being in these apps uh that that puts their seal approval as in like trust wallets ledgers like quote-unquote seal of approval uh, you know, past their uh, level of due diligence and, um, you know, their, their, their smell test and saying, hey, we're, we're giving this service to our users. So it's, it's not just them saying like, oh, yeah, you can whatever you can use your your ledger on, you know, app.thorswap.finance, but you can use it right in our own proprietary ledger live at right in your own trust wallet app, right? Like, that is really the, the the types of like acceptance that that gets Thorchain into the um, I don't want to say the, the mainstream, but like you know more more commonly accepted in the space and uh, and and actually gain gaining utilization outside of like our own relatively small bubble because you're you're only going to gain adoption from from other uh, other services that are uh, that are that are using it like get, getting getting users to come to you know app.thorshop.finance is much more difficult than saying like oh yeah this ledger live which 
you know, probably millions already have installed on their computers or trust wallet, which tens of millions already have installed on their phones, uh, whatever, I'll just click two things, make it make a swap and, you know, look how easy that is. But, you know, it's a mental burden of going to another site, something that they don't already know and, and trust, something that's unfamiliar to them uh, is just much, much different. So I'm very much looking forward to see these Thorchain flows outside of just the the very small Thorchain space, which we've already kind of created. And that that's really where the larger adoption is going to come into play. Fully agree with that. And um, also just uh, going back to what you mentioned, familiar cow uh, about uh, the time to integrate Thorchain um, from Trust Wallet and stuff like that. And I had the privilege to meet uh, Charles from Ledger, which he, I think he is the CTO um, of Ledger back in New York. And um, basically what he told me is that, yeah, like development work took some time, but regular like approvals and just like the legislation and getting all the required licenses to work with the company um, such as FTX, it just, he says it was such a burden. So in my opinion, Thorchain getting into Ledger is just inevitable, but also will simplify. Like, so what I'm getting at is the experience of integrating FTX into Ledger was very painful, not even just the dev work, just like the administrative process. So with Thorchain, no KYC, permissionless, here's the code. Yes, it's going to take you some time to understand how it works, but even then now we're doing it for them. But I, I just think it, it's it's much smoother, and I think all wallets will eventually gravitate towards decentralized protocols rather than centralized option. Yeah, I think this point is huge. You know, like people switch over from a centralized exchange to to Ledger or Trust Wallet, for example, because of the kind of like the hodl, not your keys, not your coins. Uh, concept right and and if if those people have just a click here to earn five percent four percent whatever it is uh yield and it's still controlled by your same wallet that you already know and are comfortable with that's just such a such a huge opportunity w one question i have for for all of you guys I'm, I'm curious is um you know when it comes to yield there's obviously like a a trusting element from from the user right and and with something like like centralized yield obviously people have made the mistake of trusting that. But when it comes to DeFi, you know, it, it is still the wild west. And I, I'm curious, do you, do you guys think we'll see insurance potentially offered by, by centralized or, or even crypto native, um, you know, projects for, for savers? And, and might that be something that kind of uh, breaks savers out to, to a more normie mainstream crowd? What, do you guys have any thoughts on that? So I do. I, I, yeah, this is an intro. Go ahead. Yeah, yeah. I am uh, super excited to see some insurance products come out. I have heard, I, I've only heard like some, some whispers of, of some, uh, so nothing like concrete, but these, these types of things are, are coming. I think there's interest for, for sure. And I think people are interested in offering this service. Uh, so hopefully we, we see some, some, something bake out of this soon. I don't know if you have more info, Pluto. No, I think interest, inter, um, interest, interesting one, Orion. If you wanted to come up and talk about that, I know that it's, those are conversations that you've had um, with people in the past. We've definitely talked to a lot of people. I think insurance in in the DeFi space is really interesting because insurance, like, I, I just don't know how you do it. At um, you could do it in a decentralized way, like as a DAO. Um, I think a DAO would be interesting, like a, a community insurance fund. Um, but then like, what are the incentives for people to actually put money into that? 
Um, and then another, you know, at the protocol level, there's ways that like we can ensure the protocol. Um, but I also think that um, front ends should, you know, basically buy their own insurance or have their own essentially insurance fund. If one of the, uh, you know, protocols that they integrate gets popped or if like, you know, if for some reason, like, you know, their, their front end gets hacked and like they lose their money, their users money somehow, like uh, front end should definitely have an insurance as well. And I think if you, in, unless we're talking about the actual technical risk of uh, a vulnerability, um, you know, impacting ThorChain's sort of core, uh, core security, which is like, you know, the churning, the vaults, the pool logic and all that stuff, which, you know, hasn't changed and, and won't likely change, you know, so really, really, I, I, you know, we're approaching a, uh, a period where we think that from an actual like technical perspective, ThorChain can be considered secure. And so at that point, I think that the main thing that we're switching, you know, our, um, you know, our, our focus to on like the security side of things is, um, you know, if, if there's ways to like economically attack ThorChain and if there's ways to exploit um, savers or synths or lending or any of that stuff to uh, to basically to basically have an adverse impact on on one or the other. So um, as we look start looking at that, you know, if there's ways that um, people can attack those those products, it would actually probably most likely involve um, like attacking protocol and liquidity or um, basically getting protocol owned liquidity to do something that it's not supposed to do or to um, somehow try to like drain down the reserves um, so that, so that POL doesn't work anymore. Um, but I mean, these are all like sort of like things that we've been, we've been gaming out and looking at. Um, but I think one of the best, the, one of, like if there was a, um, an economic attack surface, it would be via the, the rune asset. So like somebody doing what they basically did, um, you know, on Terra and like borrowing up a bunch of the native asset and then like dumping it on some, you know, on some pool in order to like, um, basically like, like throw it out of whack, um, which would, could then, you know, cause other, you know, I, we were just kind of gaming out all of these scenarios right now um, and trying to see what that is. But in order for that to happen, there has to be a lot of, um, you know, circulating capital to mount an attack like that. I'm ranting right now, but I, I think this is super interesting. So I just think uh, the, the, the less circulating rune there is, in, in, in supply and like the more of it is actually locked into the network, which we're seeing an increasing trend up into the right of the amount of total rune pooled. And right now we just got to, uh, what was that? The highest net rune liquidity ever. So in, in rune terms, um, we're at the current all time high of TVL in the protocol, which is, which is only making the protocol more secure because it means that there's less circulating rune for people to actually like potentially borrow, acquire, and like, you know, attack, attack the protocol in that way. So I think that there's that, that is going to be the most interesting thing. And so actually, if you think about it, one of the, the, one of the best forms of insurance is if trust wallet were to just buy up like 70 million rune and hold it, like that would be a form of insurance in the sense that you're taking that liquidity, you're taking that rune out of circulation for anyone with nefarious purposes to be able to acquire and use against the protocol. So it's really, really interesting when you start to think about, um, you know, how do we scale like uh, savings and how do we scale lending and stuff? It's actually kind of like a two-way, um, it's it, 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 it kind of in the best interest of like the Coinbase's and the trust wallets of the world to actually buy and hold Rune, not only as a means of insuring their own users, 
but also as a means of um, allowing the, the the caps for Saver to to to, uh, to scale as well. So it's a super interesting thing, and I, I think that that's something we need to start doing is when we talk to these people is like basically convincing convincing them that like that that that's a, a way they can you know that they can help secure the protocol and the product that they're pushing for their users. Sorry, that was a little bit long-winded. I've just been thinking hey, about the topic. Yeah, I just want, uh, Orion here, I just wanted to hop on and say a Happy New Year to everybody, but also just uh, dovetailing into what you're saying. Another way to look at the kind of insurance product is as a, like a security product in some regard, like you're collecting a premium um, and in order to kind of help protect the network. Um, and one thing that I was thinking about is, you know, if there are folks considering um, insurance protocols, it's kind of in that DAO's interest to run a, um, a validator in order to be able to make halt, um, which would protect the protect the chain and then also mean that they wouldn't have to pay out um, because, you know, an exploit was prevented. Um, so that's another another angle here around, you know, getting people aligned uh, around all of this, which I think is a really kind of a compelling and compelling thing. And I don't know other chains that are able to to do the same thing. Yeah, that's that's a, such a great point. Like I, I foresee like Thorchain evolving to become like a global a global network of operators, not just nine realms. But like I would love if this becomes I mean and, and hopefully it does, if this becomes like the de facto, you know, way that people are settling assets across chain on all these major um, wallets and DEXs, like I would expect that, you know, those wallet teams would be inclined to have you know their own security teams monitoring Thorchain, and the, so the more the more independent parties that we have with eyes on Thorchain at all times, the better. And 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 to and to that point, yeah, having them run their own node so that they can participate in governance, so they can participate in securing the network, so that they can participate in you know um, essentially deciding what the you know the outcome of the network is, like what features get added and what types of um, you know, what types of like um, the, the, the network constants we have set, like the economic parameters of, of Thorchain, all those things should be decided by the people who have the most skin in the game. And I think that, you know, wallets and DEXs have a tremendous amount of skin in the game. So I, I, would be, I wouldn't be surprised if that's like kind of where the, uh, the direction of Thorchain goes is that it's just a, a giant decentralized network that's operated by um, you know, these large, um, these various like countries and institutions, uh, sorry, not countries, just institutions and companies that have a vested interest in the outcome of Thorchain, as well as, you know, the early adopters who were lucky enough to, you know, buy enough room to, to, to run their own nodes. So I think, I think like, like just seeing the, the demand for people to start to participate and, um, participate in, you know, uh, um, validate on the network and earn, you know, earn, earn rewards is going to, is going to result in more like professional teams coming about to, uh, to become node operators. Yeah. Agree a hundred percent. Two, two points I want to make here. First is that I totally agree that it's going to be the infrastructure providers, uh, like, like the wallets and the, and the DEXs and the centralized exchanges like, like finance who will eventually be running, uh, probably a, a lot of, of Thor nodes because they'll want their own, uh, you know, data guarantees and assurances, but also this, this security end of it. Uh, when I was talking to Orion about this, uh, at this insurance the other day, I mean, the first thing that, that came to my mind, which, which he just brought up is 
what is what is the cheapest way to ensure the network? Uh, and the cheapest way to ensure the network, from my uh, from from what I can think of, is exactly that by running a Thor node and by hiring people to watch the chain twenty four seven and instructing them to make pause if there's anything wacky going on on the chain so that way people can investigate that that to me that seems like the cheapest way to to never have to pay out a insurance bounty for you know millions and millions of people and that is also just happens to be obviously the way that thorchain does not get hacked or exploited or if if there is some kind of exploit then there is people that are always um you know, looking into it. And obviously there is like DoorSec already, but that is just one one team and they can only do so much. If there's dozens of teams or even just more teams from, uh, you know, from let's, let's just say insurance protocol, uh, they, they start running their own Thor node. They hire people to start, you know, going back into ThorChain's code base and start looking at it. What, what's the cheapest way to, to pay out everybody from, uh, from, a, a Thorchain hack insurance payout. It, it's going to be just not getting hacked in the first place by pausing before anything could happen and by protecting the code before anything can happen. It, it's all the preventative measures, which is the, exactly the type of thing that some kind of insurance provider could bring to this network just by increasing the defensive security posture and just by making it that much harder. Uh, so by, by decreasing their chances to actually make a payout, it just drastically increases the security to the network. So I, that, that's, that's exactly why I think a insurance protocol would be so beneficial to, to ThorChain. And it really doesn't take, a, I mean, it, it would take a, you know, a, a team of people, but um, nothing outside of uh, like, you know, 15, 15 people to, to run some kind of venture like that, like at the most. But having that many people securing ThorChain is obviously the the direction that you know we want to see the network go because we want to see the network be secure and uh you know remain that way indefinitely so i I think for that for that reason like out of out of anything that uh you know insurance protocol would be super super beneficial and you know hopefully we can see one of these come to fruition I i think that's definitely something we should uh you know be lobbying for Totally. Yeah. I mean, and right now the, um, the actual reserve fee that is taken by the protocol and not like paid to not the fee that's paid to LPs, but the actual protocol reserve fee, it's super, super low. Um, you know, we could, we could double that and ThorChain would still be the most competitive way of doing cross-chain deck settlement. So I think like until, you know, until there's like meaningful competition, that's also a lever that we can, you know, discuss using to, uh, to basically have like, you know, the equivalent of a trust and safety fee. Almost every platform that like, you know, processes transactions has its, a, a dedicated um, trust and safety fee because it is such a big part of the entire business. I mean, that, that is your business, right? At the end of the day, we're in the business of securing other people's money and, and swapping other people's money. Like that's, it's a huge deal and we need to, you know, so, it, so, so you know, lob, assessing a fee um, that is specifically for, um, you know, security and operation of the network um, would not be a bad idea, in my opinion. But there's other things we can do. You know, we can we can do it like uh, like treasury programs. Um, we can have, you know, 
um, basically like independent um, security analysts that like get paid out from a, you know, a, a, a basically like a trust and safety fee pool in, in ThorChain. There's, there's a lot of interesting things that we can do around that. I'm, I'm, this is like probably the most bullish part of this project for me is, is seeing how this plays out and like how ThorChain decentralizes, evolves and expands and how, um, you know, how we really step up on the governance side of things as well and, and get more people involved in, you know, in the direction of it and, and get, and get more people that like, you know, uh, it, you know, no disrespect to our current node operators, but like, are like, are like, you know, aren't just like amateurs, <laughs> basically just like have full-time teams with people doing analysis, you know, really, really like, like looking at our designs and scrutinizing them closely. Like that's part of the process of decentralization is um, getting more, more cooks in the kitchen. And, you know, while that doesn't, that doesn't help on the early phases of a protocol, like there's a time and a place for having more, you know, more cooks in the kitchen, especially the highly qualified, you know, um, people from teams that we're seeing, you know, aligning with ThorChain now. So I just think that that, that, you know, this next chapter that we're entering um, is, is one of the more exciting for me because, you know, it just, it just more, more people and more opinions means more rigor and, and more rigor leads to more, more safety and, and to better outcomes. Yeah. Great points all around this, this conversation is so exciting and definitely uh, makes sense for it to go this way and scale the security and, Having having the insurance products too potentially uh, coming full circle back to savers yields, you know that's the sort of thing that's going to probably drive savers yields super low, which means that there's tons and tons and tons of liquidity and tons and tons and tons of security, which is really what we want to see. Because like why you know why did Blockfire or whoever have like 0.5 percent yield and still have billions and billions in Bitcoin? It's because the users trusted it, which turned out to not be a good move, but they had the they really trusted that somebody was looking after it, right? And there was some kind of assurances there. <laughs> Classic. <laughs> so, so yeah, as, as, as ThorChain kind of builds that out in a, in a truly decentralized way, and, and maybe there's some aspects of centralization with the insurance and things like that, then that allows the product to really scale to levels that we can hardly even imagine right now, which is where it gets really exciting. Yeah, Ryan, anything else on that uh, insurance thing or just like anything else uh, that you wanted to discuss? I, I mean, uh, we haven't talked to you in a while. Yeah, I mean, I just wanted to pop in and, and uh, yeah, just mention that things can kind of dovetail really nicely in terms of, you know, alignment of validators and, and other products that people can build on ThorChain, um, you know, as a, as a validator or DAO or something like that. So we want to take some questions from the audience. Good. Yeah, let's see if anyone wants to come up. Um, if, if there's any suggestions on events that you want to see us at this year, or yeah, just general questions, anyone can hit the request button and and come up. Um, I have yeah, a quick question in the meantime. Lending. Yeah, go for it. Uh, for for the Nine Realms team, uh, any any news or progress? Anything to expect on the BSC front? How's that going? I think. Um, Ursa, one of our engineers, um, opened the PR for the BSC daemon, and I think that we're going to merge that up as soon as um, as soon as our our test validator finishes syncing. I mean, it's still like I don't know. I, I 
it's it, I, I don't know that like node operators should if, if node operators like losing money like then sure we can add BSD but I, I don't really think that we should add it personally because it's, it's going to cost like another thousand dollars a month to, to run your node and it's not going to be making you that much more money so I just think at this at this stage like it it doesn't really make sense and we, we don't really have like um, we don't really have clarity on whether like that whether nodes are actually right now would be interested in doing that, but I don't want to call another vote again when it's already been voted on. So I, I'm mm. curious what like what 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 your what do you, what do you think we should do? Like I, I mean we can add it and we can like push it up, but I, I, you know node operators might be like hey. So that that was going to be my question is like yeah could a symbolic vote and and maybe that's too many votes I don't know, but a vote saying like essentially explaining what you just explained, like given the economics, given everything, are node operators in favor of doing this now? Because yes, you, they already voted on that's the most, that's the next chain. But, um, you know, factoring in the economics, I don't know if node operators are thinking about that. Do they want to just, obviously it makes Thorchain better, right? It makes Thorchain more useful to more people. So do node operators, are they willing to forfeit short-term gain for, uh, you know, solidifying Thorchain as more useful today is kind of the question I would have for node operators, like where they stand on that. And maybe that is worth another vote. I don't, I don't know. If, I don't know, but I'm, I'm curious. I'm, uh, yeah. I think what I'll, we'll do is we'll just post an announcement that says like, Hey, unless any node operators speak up and are like explicitly against this, we're just going to move forward with it. Um, you know, here's what, here's how it will like materially impact your bottom line. And then they can decide for themselves. I'm, I'm guessing, though, that most node operators are like, you know, philosophically aligned and just want to like stack as much rune as possible. And like, they're not really worried about like the month to month PL of running a node. So I think it's more than likely that they probably see Binance Smart Chain as being like, a, um, you know, just like a natural fit strategically. And that when the volumes do ramp up and if we do get, you know, Binance and, you know, cause I mean, like it, it's a political play, right? At the end of the day, like adding Binance Smart Chain isn't just like a purely like, oh, we think it's going to lead to a ton of, you know, uh, uh, a ton of volume. It could, but it also brings us closer to Trust Wallet and to Binance, um, which like, I'm not saying that I'm going to single out like any one person that we, I want the protocol to be closer to. I want us to get closer to everyone, to everyone who's important in this space we need to forge strong connections with and we need to get the support of them. And so like, if it, it just kind of makes sense to add Binance Smart Chain from my perspective, given, you know, the backdrop of the Trust Wallet integration, given the backdrop of, you know, BNB and, you know, Binance's strength throughout this bear market. So, you know, I think just like from a, you know, just like looking at it purely politically, it makes sense. So, um, you know, maybe if we'll just do that, we'll say like, hey, Here's what the, you know, the bottom line impacts are going to be on this. Here's the quick three bullets. You know, we think that BSC will, you know, uh, open new routes to, you know, for, for, for Binance users, like on-ramping and off-ramping from Beacon Chain to Binance Smart Chain, which is like currently something, you know, that like, like if we, if we, um, if we prove that we're like a really good bridge, like Binance might just like use Thorchain as the official BSC to BNB bridge, right? Like, like that, that all, all of these things are within the realm of possibility and we'll never really know unless we like do it and, and, and put it out there. Right. So it's, it's kind of like, that's, that's the bet that I think node operators are taking on, on Binance smart chain is, 
is that that, that you know, that thousand dollars a month is an investment into a possibility that could forge a stronger bond. That would be my kind of just like guess as to what the incentive um, they would be considering is. Um, so, yeah, I, I think I think we'll go move forward with it and we'll just ask node operators like if, if they are like really against it. Yeah, it's going to be it's a bit of a gamble either way, because it's like you, you can't know what the results are going to be from from the onset. But, um, you know, at, at the very least, you're completely right that it does strengthen other relationships and can it can lead to other things that may not be anticipated currently. Uh, and I think the obvious thing that we that you can anticipate is dex aggregation, number one, and uh, number two would be just the increased strength of the trust wallet integration and uh you know people obviously are very um used to the binance ecosystem from from trust wallet and bsc is highly in demand there currently we see like like 150 200 swaps a day with trust wallet and who knows like where that could like there's there's no data to, to know like where it could go if we add bsc does that go to 400 does it go to uh, 2000 or does it does it go to two, 220 or does it stay exactly where it is no one uses bsc so like it, it is a bit of a it is um you know it, it's not a clear area of saying like this is where this is exactly where we're going to win and, and how much we're going to win like some some type of you know risk needs to be taken but um you know it does it does advance those other relationships so like i, I see it as a as a positive thing i i think it's good though to probably get another temp check from from nodes and then uh if there's no one dissenting then then we send it yeah i think we need to get in get comfortable well and, and especially when we're at talking about like adding um you know just like a, a evm chains or cosmos chain since we already have like a like a functioning and audited chain client so it's actually like not really um a big you know lift from like a security perspective to to vet these new chains so like we should get more comfortable with the idea of um, experimenting and adding adding chains, you know, adding something like Binance Smart Chain, and then coming back and reassessing in three months whether we should continue to keep it. You know, like I don't think that there's anything wrong with adding something, realizing that it's not really working out for you, and then just getting rid of it and shutting down all those full nodes and you know recover recouping those costs. Right? It's like you know, we, I, we should we should remember that like Thorchain is is dynamic and it can evolve. It can also you know, it, so it can it can Ragnarok whole chains, and we've done that already with uh, with Terra. So um, I still think Terra is going to end up back on Thorchain one day. <laughs> yeah, <maybe. laughs> do you really? <laughs> yeah, dude, I think it is. <laughs> Wouldn't surprise me either, actually. Yeah, it, that's cool you said that. Um, yeah, I think just one other like very obvious point on it is. There's a huge difference between today's volume and potential volume, and you know if if uh, if adding a new chain costs a node uh, like a thousand a month and and makes I don't know let's say like a hundred a month right now, that can flip so dramatically in the future as as prices change, as just total activity changes, and like that that future calculation is is very different. So I'd have to imagine, and just just my guess is in line with yours, but. I think most node operators are just gigabulls on Rune. They want to see the thing, you know, succeed as much as humanly possible. And the the thousand a month uh, loss on adding a new chain still has so many other like that alone is is bullish for for Rune. Just adding it right and yeah. and knowing yeah. the future, knowing the future value. So, you know, 
it would kind of surprise me. I mean, I'm sure maybe some node operators think that way. Um, like, I don't know what your guys like client nodes um, think think about like their their current income versus their just overall like giga moon rune future <laughs> uh, position. But uh, yeah, I'd have to imagine they'll mostly be super down. Yeah. Totally. Also gives you it also Binance Smart Chain specifically also gives the uh, the out in case Binance wakes up one day and decides to delete uh, their old, their old chain, which is the, currently the only one that we support. It it just makes it that much easier to to transition and move on with our lives. Totally. If and when uh, that happens. Now I'm getting now I'm getting bullish about BSC. Let's add it. Let's add it. Let's, let's send it. Oh, oh, yeah. Is that easy? All right, let's pump it. So easy, Pluto. <laughs> oh man, yeah, no, that'll be that'll be sweet. And I think you're right. I think it is. I think that for most people that have the the cash to run a Thor node, they're not like, you know, pinching pennies. So, I think it's uh, yeah, probably a good probably a good call to do that. I mean, you can't lie with the, you can't lie about the numbers, like on how much volume like Pancake Swap gets, like. I mean, Dude, I maybe think, you can lie about the numbers, but you can't lie lie about the numbers. I, I think if ThorChain were in the place that it is now, one but it was one year ago during a bull market, but we had Trust Wallet integrated, we had all these wallets integrated, like we'd be doing like two hundred mil a day. Like like the the amount that like like volume can pick up in a in a bull market is it's pretty insane. Like like doing like ten million a day, like right now on somewhere like the. 7 million on like a shittier day. I'm like, damn, dude, you know, it's so much of like volume just has to do with like how much, you know, how much volatility, volatility there is in the market. And, you know, right now people aren't, people just aren't trading. Like everyone who's, who's going to sell is like sold and people are just holding on. So it's like, you know, the, the fact that we're still putting up like some 20, $30 million days here and there, like it's, it's pretty impressive to me. Um, I remember I worked for a Dex in 2018 in that bear market like seeing the, the the volume numbers drop below 1 million was extremely depressing but then like you know a couple months later it's like you're doing you know you're doing double digits again so it's i think i think the volume numbers that were like compar- comparatively if you look at like um TVL- Just me or did Pluto cut out? Yeah, it's me too. Sorry, I don't know if it's like that for the audience though. Any emojis? Can you guys hear? Not seeing anything. <laughs> Thank <laughs> Yeah. Oh, there you are. Maybe. Try to say something? Yeah, not not hearing you still. <laughs> All right, I I think it's a I think it's a Pluto issue. That's fine though. Yeah. Uh, one other topic is the the ILP deprecation vote. Um, I saw that it's at like what fifty fifty nine percent. Um, oh, there's Pluto. I don't I don't know if you want to finish that thought. I don't know where I dropped off, but I I was just saying we were doing we were doing comparatively well in 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 the bear market. Across all metrics, which is great. Hundred percent, yeah, and that's just going to go crazy, you know, when users uh, wake up. 
Um, yeah, I was just going to bring up uh, shifting gears a little, but the the ILP deprecation vote. Um, do you want to speak to that at all, and just like the progress, like where the vote is at, what it needs to to pass? Maybe even a super quick TLDR for people that don't know what's going on. Yeah, so um, nodes have already almost the vote is almost at sixty seven percent. So um, this one is is technically a symbolic vote. There's a there's a different um, there's a different you know number that we have to plug in. But basically, what we said that we were going to do was um, th th this proposal was to deprecate ILP after thirty days for new depositors. So anyone who's currently a depositor on ThorChain, a dual-sided LP will continue to earn impermanent loss protection until they decide to withdraw and they'll still be paid out. You know, they can withdraw once, twice, three times, as long as they don't add to their, um, their LP, um, they'll, they'll continue to be protected on their entire deposit um, in perpetuity forever. So basically this is only um, deprecating ILP for new depositors and only after 30 days. So after this vote passes, it'll be 30 days from, from that time that, um, that new deposits will be, will, you know, receiving ILP will be closed. So anyone who wants to deposit on a dual LP and, you know, get um, impermanent loss protection should do so within the next month. Um, and I suspect that this vote will pass um, sometime in the next few days here. Um, so I, I think it's pretty straightforward um, what's happening there. Um, there was, you know, there were some other designs floated, like doing deposit protection, which just protects against like the synth leverage from Luvi. And, and we just decided like all that stuff is too complicated that we should just be very straightforward about like, you know, if you're using a dual LP, you're, you're, you are basically, you know, you're getting the upside um, and that's leveraged by synths. Um, so, it, you know, you're, you're basically have dual LPs have um, like a leveraged position on um, you know, the directionality of, of the underlying assets in the pools and savers don't have that, you know, don't have that um, impermanent loss to worry about. So, you know, we just decided to make it dead simple and just, you know, not do any sort of protection for, um, for the dual LPs just because what we were taking away, which is impermanent loss, we didn't want people to like be confused that what we were putting what we were replacing it with, which was, you know, the, the proposal for deposit protection that they would kind of say, Oh, it's, you know, kind of the same thing. We, we wanted to be super clear as to like what the risks are as a dual LP and super clear what the risks are for, for, for savers. So, um, you know, that was kind of the, the, the motive behind not just doing a straight up deprecation of, of impermanent loss protection. And so that, that looks like that'll pass. Um, and yeah, I mean, it's kind of, it's kind of a big deal. Like that's, you know, it's one of the, it's one of the most important, like, you know, I think mechanisms for people that were dual LPing. So we'll have to see what happens. And I'm, I'm particularly interested in seeing what happens with, um, with new chains. Like when we add a new chain, who are going to be those first, you know, dual LPers to come in? Um, they've got to be pretty, pretty sophisticated and, and kind of know what they're doing and, um, you know, properly hedge, hedge out their risks or whatever, if, if they think that, you know, whatever they think is going to happen. But it'll just be interesting to see how this affects like the rollout of, of future chains as well. I, I see that being a, a potential change of dynamic. 
So actually, while, while you were speaking, I was just looking into that a little bit, um, just read your mind a little bit. And I was, I was actually seeing uh, from the current imperial loss exposure, obviously, this is just like a snapshot of this exact moment in time. But the newer pools and some of the more shallow pools that we're that we're like talking are kind of like alpha pools, like they're like very relatively low liquidity, but pretty high traffic uh, on Thorchain. So they get like a really nice APR. And I, I wonder if that is part of the reason why these pools have uh, in a, uh, a, a total uh, impermanent loss liability of zero rune. And that, that's the ABAX pools and the Atom pools. On, yeah, that's surprising. On that's surprising. So th- there is zero IL liability on both of those chains right now, which is really cool. And and uh, like overall, for, for m- these like l- more shallow pools, um, there's like really no impermanent loss at, at all. Like Bitcoin Cash, it's like three rune, like you just run that down. Um, a-, a lot of these more shallow pool and i think because i I think the reason for that is probably just how much is actually going into fees and increasing the uh uh just increasing the luvi and increasing the the deposit value to make up for any impermanent loss that might be accrued well for something like bitcoin if there's any impermanent loss you experience il but you're not getting as much yield to make up for it but some of these like more what i would call like an alpha pool like something that has like like high yield and and like fairly high uh high volume and low liquidity like the avax and, and atom both um no impermanent loss at all which i guess i guess means that there are zero limit there are zero um liquidity providers in the avax pool and in the atom pool that are experiencing impermanent loss right now on thorchain which is actually like That's pretty wild. crazy to <laughs> to, to think about so m- maybe the original assumptions of no impermanent loss after 100 days actually do make sense but only when you think about it in the context of a lower liquidity pool and not in the context of a very high liquidity pool that doesn't earn as much in in fees so m- maybe it doesn't actually change that much for, for a new pool is what i'm trying to say yo that's really cool yeah that's a great point that's awesome because yeah, when you brought that up, Pluto, I was like, oh yeah, that does change the dynamic of of the early LPs. But maybe it's maybe it kind of doesn't. <laughs> I'm sure this always was. This wasn't always the case, and there probably was liability, like you know, at a, 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 a previous moment. But um, right now, liability in the network is looking pretty great. Oh, the, the entire IL exposure uh, for protection is only it's less than four million rune. It's like three three point six. I think the total IL. Uh, it was like seven. Paid out. It was like seven mil last I checked. We, we, I guess Rune is like overperforming at the moment. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the last couple of weeks for sure. And uh, and and then whenever Rune outperforms, then just generates yield. That all of that just cushions that that IL exposure. So it's like every time that anyone's ever looked and been like, "Oh man, we're worried about ILP." Uh, like it, it, it just always ends up going back down. Obviously, that that can't continue forever. But I'm just saying, like. For these less for these shallower pools that still see a lot of activity, they really like it. Really doesn't seem like there's a lot to worry about from the uh, impermanent loss side of things. At least for how productive these pools are right now. That's pretty sweet. Performing really well. So I mean, congrats, congrats, anyone in the AVAX and Atom pools because you guys are 
probably making a killing right now. <laughs> I don't know if anyone has any, perfect, any personal experiences in these pools right now, but I, I mean, I, just looking at the stats the last couple months, like, you know, Dude, I don't nice. get how, like, I don't get the, the, the cosmos community, man. Like why, why, are, what the hell is, what the, why aren't people like providing yield for uh, Adam Rune right now? It's 40% APR and they're like two awesome, like cosmos ecosystem projects. Like that's, that's, yeah, that, that, wouldn't, that wouldn't you rather be earning five hundred thousand percent APY on uh, staked Adam and bonded Adam? Is that really what they're on... doing? No, is that really what they're know. doing? <laughs> yeah, those guys need to, to to come over and see the the Thor Chain Oasis over here. Dude, it's pretty sweet. Uh, man, I mean, I'm assuming most people that are like staked into those are probably using some kind of like liquid staking thing and compounding it with another Adam staking like. That, that that's the type of thing that that's going on in these other. Uh, I think the I think the big narrative for for Adam staking is is people want uh, the potential airdrops and they're like banking on that outweighing all the yield. I I have to assume that's the the main reason. True. Uh, w- one thought I was having on, on on finishing up the the ILP discussion is we were talking earlier about dual sided LPs, uh, you know, sticking around, not leaving for for savers, and I think one reason that dual-sided LPs are sticky is the is that they have impermanent loss protection. I think it still makes sense to take it away for all the reasons that we were just talking about. But um, do you guys think there could almost be like a like a like a FOMO event at as that 30 day window closes up? Because it's kind of like the sale is ending, you know, <laughs> like, like get in now and you'll have protection. Um, I wonder if we might actually see like a bit of a rush of dual-sided LPs to to lock that in. And then that would be really sticky liquidity because that liquidity would want to, they, like, they'd be in it for the long haul if they want to lock in that protection. Yeah. I just realized, guys, block 9 million is going to be in the next, like, 12 hours. So congrats on to ThorChain for mining 9 million blocks. It's a lot of blocks. It's a lot of blocks, man. I just saw that there was uh, 69,420 blocks the next uh, Bitcoin happening. I mean, that was a couple hours ago, but congrats wow. on that, Bitcoiners. Wow. <laughs> um, yeah, we brought some people up. Uh, sorry, Green Floyd was up first, so hey. Hey, hi, guys. Uh, so I have a question regarding the pinned tweet here of Mogakaki. So I actually use Ledger regularly and I was very curious as well excited about the thought chain integration coming up. But I got confused by the photo which is there. So uh, like I can't uh, I can't seem to follow why Ledger will use ThorSwap okay, we... for oh. Hello, can you hear me? Oh, sorry. It might have been my connection. Sorry. Yeah, I, I was hearing you. You can okay. c- continue. So my, so my question is, uh, I can't seem to follow why Ledger will be using ThorSwap for integrating the ThorChain uh, interface. I mean, what exactly is ThorSwap providing, which is not really something which uh, people can't connect directly with ThorChain? Will they go over a ThorSwap API? And that that is something which I can't follow. Like, I don't know if if this question is to ThorSwap team or to you guys, but if any of you can take that up. Yeah, I can take it. Um, so the first thing, just to clarify is what you're seeing there, we touched on this earlier, but that phase of the integration is not like the full-on holy grail 
swaps behind the scenes type of integration where you would just go into your ledger accounts and just click swap and Thor swap or Thor, Thor swap API or Thorchain directly would be one of the, the paths for swaps. This is within the discover section, which just allows you to use applications within ledger live. So this is just, this is Thor swap itself, Thor swap function, Thor swap, swap functionality coming inside ledger live. So those users can just easily open up that app. So we were saying how that this kind of like lays the groundwork for hopefully the holy grail in, in the future. But why would you want to use ThorSwap, ThorSwap API versus just ThorChain directly? The key, the, the number one thing there, at least in this context, is is DEX aggregation. Um, like, I, I think it's pretty fair to say ThorSwap is leading in terms of actually doing um, all the uh, lots of different contracts for for aggregation right now. So a really easy way to see the value of this is to just go on to just go on to ThorSwap, for example, and mock up a swap from say Bitcoin to USDT or USDC, you know, like these huge, huge, huge trading pairs. And you'll see that um, using the aggregation, you get a better output, meaning you get more tokens on the other side for that swap uh, when you're using the aggregator. And that's because the ETH pool is really deep. And everything we were talking about with savers and deepening pools, you know, the more you deepen like the BTC and the ETH pool, that benefits all the ERC-20s that are aggregated. So it gives you way more tokens and it gives you um, more efficient swaps. Uh, so when I go from BTC to let's say USDC, so there are uh, probably two swaps happening, right? BTC to ETH and then ETH to uh, USDC, which is a different chain altogether. Like they might not be using Thor chain. So the that's right, right? That's right. So yeah, if you do if you do BTC to USDC just using Thorchain directly, there is there is a USDC pool on Thorchain. But the thing right. is, is it's it's not as deep as is like the ETH pool and stuff. So if you're using the aggregator, then what you're doing is you're doing BTC to ETH on Thorchain, and then the ThorSwap API is aggregating like four or five different liquidity sources to see which one at the time. And for the size of your swap, gets you the most output. So that it could be through Kyber, Uniswap, Zero uh, X, Sushi, um, One Inch. You know, it's it's scanning all of those and it's figuring out like, okay, which one is giving you the best route? And then it's using Thorchain for the BTC to ETH, and then it's using a single chain uh, liquidity source for for that next leg. But it's still just in one transaction. So this is like the stuff the average user doesn't even need to know is going on. They just need to know like, oh, I'm. I'm getting a good swap rate. Um, so that's that's kind of the key value I would say it provides. Uh, also, on top of that, will ThorSwap will, Thorshop will be uh, like applying some 0.3% fees in this API usage? So in this context, it's basically just the ThorSwap app itself running within Ledger Live. So I, as far as I know, it would be the same as just going to ThorSwap directly. Um, as far as for like a backend hidden API integration, I would just say that that's still to be determined. And, you know, some of these things are negotiated like on a per partner basis. And, um, but if there is fees, if the, whenever there's a fee taken by ThorSwap, it still like counts towards ThorSwap revenue. So as far as VThor goes and things like that, but it's not always necessarily the exact flat rate depending on partners so right got it cool cool thanks chad thanks thanks a lot guys that's all i have cool thanks man uh k coefficient hey hey guys what's up 
Um, just uh, this is more Thorsoft question, I think. But two questions. Once we deprecate the ILP feature, are the stored yield? Are there any other dashboards that will monitor impermanent loss for for LPs? And and uh, <clears throat> what's what's going on with uh, Adam and uh, Litecoin trust wallet issues, Kepler wallet? Things. Have those things been restored or fixed? That's all. Uh, yeah, I mean, uh, you'll still be able to see IL within Thor Yield, even if it's not showing you like what would be covered or the the verse the what was it called uh, the verse hodl thing, whatever. What was that called? Uh, LP verse hodl. Um, but yeah, I would think you could still see like, you know, how you're performing overall. Um, I would hope it still has that breakdown. I need to check. But yeah, I don't know if there's, I know there were some issues on certain chains and wallets on, on the ThorSwap side and just like through the new year and stuff, like things have been a little slow, but I know that the, the team's on it. I don't know what has been restored or not. I haven't checked on that, but I would expect any of those little issues to be fixed up really soon. Okay. Yeah, and you'll always be able to check the impermanent loss yourself. All, all you need to do is just figure out how much your deposit would be worth if you just kept it as Rune and, and Bitcoin, for example, versus right. how much it's actually worth at the current moment in in the uh, in Thor yield, basically. So you'd still be even if they did remove it somehow. All you need to do is just say, "Oh, I, I put in one Bitcoin and ten thousand Rune. Uh, what is that worth today versus however much Bitcoin and Rune I have today in my LP?" So you, you can always you can always figure that out with like. You know, like four different multiplication things. You, you you can do it, I believe. Yeah, yeah. I'm just lazy. I'm really lazy, and uh, you know, I can see my liquidity added number in in Rune and whatever asset, and uh, you know, then I have to go back to the date and look up the price. There. How's your uh, LP been doing? Uh, LPs are, are doing awesome. Um, I did, I hit the 100 day mark with my uh, Adam Rune pool and I took it out at 100 days and then I couldn't put it back in. I was just immediately going to put it back in and, uh, but I can't. And that's why I asked what's the status with the Adam stuff. And I did, I did a Litecoin de earn deposit. But those are not showing up in my on the uh, interface when I'm connecting uh, key store trust. Gotcha. Wallet. Yeah, I'll I'll check in on that and uh, yeah, I'll hit you up. I'm currently trying to do an Adam to Thor swap, and it has sent it has sent the Adam out of my wallet, but I I don't think I've received the Thor yet, so. I don't know. We'll see what happens. I've got an open ticket. <laughs> it's like a week old, so. We'll gotcha. It. Yeah, I know. I know things were a little slow through through the New Year's and stuff, but yeah, um, I'll I'll check in on it for you and make sure make sure it's being looked at. But I'm sure everything's all yeah. good and yeah, be taken care of. Looking at. I've been interacting with. Uh, I, I can't remember who it was, but. Um, 
I was just giving you guys an update. Cool. Thanks a lot. Cool, cool. Uh, see, Ruggy. Hey. Or uh, Avid. What's up, man? Thanks for having me up. Um, hey. I've been interested in Torchain for a while. Um, tested out some shit. What am I doing? An LP? Like six or seven months ago now so definitely have the uh loss protection in full effect uh one of my questions was is i noticed that with a recent change uh, on the dashboard there used to be kind of like a uh, ability to show asymmetric loss or your, your loss gains versus asymmetric ver and symmetric and that's changed i don't have my computer in front of me but i noticed the other day i logged in to check it and there was some um, modifications for the display um so just curious about that. Um, I know for me, it was kind of confusing because I think a lot of the the technical loss is just based on like, you know, when I entered the LP position, Bitcoin and Rune were at a much higher, uh, you know, fiat range. Um, so I guess the first question is, is like, is there ability to kind of see that data somewhere or is that completely gone? Like as far as the old display. On Thor Yield? Thor Yield, correct. Oh, yeah, yeah. Thor, Thor, Thor Yield is one of the Thor Swap products, so I think Chad might be able to shed some light. I'm actually not too sure. I didn't realize that was taken away, uh, if that's the case. I'll have to I'll have to look at that and ask. Uh, uh, the bull is usually the, the most on top of the Thor Yield side. Um, yeah, I don't know why that would be taken away. I, that, that's news to me, if so, because yeah, that is, that is pretty useful to to be able to look at uh, asim versus sim. Because obviously, when you switch to sim, that's where you kind of get like the the fairest uh, way of looking at it. Yeah, let me pull it up. Um, and I understand why. Like for me, it was very confusing. I was like, hey, um, like what's going on? Like why am I like you know? I I understood that the fiat decline in both assets is is probably a big part of the you know, you can see your like entry value at entry or whatever in your current value. Um, so let me pull it up. Uh, I'll, I'll stand by on hold if you want to talk to someone else and I'll pop back in. Yeah, sure. Uh, and the other thing with that is like now that we have savers, it's probably not recommended to do like asymmetric deposits in, in into ThorChain. You definitely can, but uh, you know, it, it, it's almost always more advantageous to just deposit both like in, in like, for example, in, uh, in in Terra's case, when when that pool had to be completely removed, those that deposited both Rune and and Luna uh, were able to get their their Rune back. Or, or there, there might be other uh, other scenarios in in which um, you know it might make more sense to deposit both, especially in the case of impermanent loss, where you might just be losing uh, the only asset that you deposited, and then you can only withdraw that one asset because you single sided uh, deposited. So I I would also maybe consider. Uh, entering in symmetrically T totally yeah you... at the time there was no there was no ability to do kind of um like w what you have with savers right like i had btc i'm like i want to play around with this i really like i mean i really like what you guys are doing with you know ability to do cross-chain swaps like i fiddled around with it for a while um and and so i really like it like it i'm, I'm pretty much a btc maxi so you know i'm like I, I find it interesting to allow people kind of sovereignty to swap. And, and I kind of came to you guys through uh, what is it? Um, 
uh, Eric Voorhees' thing, Shapeshift, and he was he put out an article. And so I've been following you guys since he put out those tweets like a couple, three, two, two years ago or something. Um, so I find it really interesting. So I pulled it up uh, just to kind of get back to Chad. So right now what I can see in my overview tab is realized growth and annual growth, and those are both in the green. Um, and so there used to be I, I can still, when I roll down to the LP details, I can still see like a summary tab kind of thing. And I have the ability to swatch, switch from SIM to ASIM. But I know earlier, like two or three months ago, it would show it's in the red significantly. And that's not due to Thor yield or Thor chain or any of any, it, it, that's just due to the fiat decline. But now everything shows green is, is kind of, I don't yeah, want to say it's my grind, so okay, you, you understand what I'm saying. So the reason why I think this is is I believe that the LP realized growth on the top is actually tracking Luvi, which would make sense if you did a symmetric deposit. But let's say, um, but, so I, for example, I have a ETH asymmetric deposit just to test it out that I deposited a long time ago, in in which case I deposited only ETH and deposited no no runes. So it's an asymmetric add uh, of ETH, and in in it's in this case I lost a small amount of ETH. That's the only thing I deposited. So like in real terms, I lost about 10% of my ETH deposit. In network terms, I gained about 15 rune and lost a uh, lost about 0.01 ETH, right? But the the actual LP value increased, but the the value of the ETH that I put into that pool in relation to the, the rune I put in the pool decrease significantly due due to impermanent loss so like if if i go to switch it to the asim version um i you can see that in more real terms where i gained this amount of rune i lost this amount of eth but if you look at it in the symmetric terms it just looks like you lost that uh that that eth and that's just because of impermanent that that, that that's impermanent loss right there basically gotcha. so th- that's why okay. it looks like it, it grew even though it's because you deposited asymmetrically but then right. you're looking at uh, basically like what what is the total growth of of the pool? Um, so like I think if you were to do the math, it would probably like if you really did deposit both when you started, you'd probably be up somewhere around that that amount. But because it's asymmetric, um, it's just not the case. Okay. The, the last question. The last question I have is on the. So I have loss protection. Um, and I see, you know, like it says here, like the block rewards and the fee earn. Um, and so one of the questions I had was it on the withdraw fee amount. I know when I was swapping in and out of, let's say like, if I was like sending some BTC and getting rune, like I was getting a very favorable exchange rate as far as like, I wasn't taking like a significant, it wasn't taking like a significant percentage. I was getting pretty close to like equal value in and out of, uh, the transaction, and so my question is at the bottom of the withdrawal fee, it shows like rune is 0. 0.060. So it's a pretty small amount there, like what, 60 cents or 70 cents or something. And then the BTC fee, the BTC withdrawal fee is 0. 0.001. So my question is, is that just a rounding error or would it truly be, you know, because there's only three decimal places there. It's just showing one, but maybe it'll Yeah, be I don't think it's actually that much. Right. So it's probably it's just that much. Thing. Cool. Well, wait. Well, couldn't it also just be the the gas to get the BTC out? I mean, because there you do have it's to not point zero zero one 
Yeah, BTC, that's high. Yeah, that's, 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 <laughs> that's right. Yeah, is like the the BTC it's transaction like fees on chain are, are very low, and so I was like, "Damn, right. like, that's steep." And and it seemed to me like it was a rounding thing because, like I said, swapping in and out of you know different things with Thor Swap, it's 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 really good. Like it's not like a, it's not like some exchanges where they gouge you, you know, and they give charge you an enormous withdrawal fee. So I was just curious. It seems like a rounding thing because there's only two decimal places. So that would be, I guess, I don't want to suggest anything, but that would be a great uh, change. Would be to like increase those decimal places so there's not confusion around that fee look, appearing higher than it probably will be. Yeah, that's a great point. And, and yeah, just again, by the way, Thor Yield is run by Thor Swap. So you can always, like, if you ever have, if you're ever stuck with some issue or something seems wrong, uh, you can open Thor Swap support tickets in the Thor Swap Discord about Thor Yield as well. And, and you'll get connected to, to somebody to help with that. Um, also just want to say, I love what you're saying about, uh, mostly being a BTC maxi and, and, and Eric Voorhees, uh, over the holidays, I had like a, a long drive and I just like ended up binging like three or four Eric Voorhees interviews on YouTube. Like I just like, couldn't get enough of it. <laughs> I, I had listened to most of them before, but man, I just, I just love listening to, to Eric Voorhees. So yeah, you need to, you need to help us, uh, rune pill your BTC maxi friends because that's, that's exactly how we all feel, you know, like there is a logical, uh, like like Rune is very close to BTC in that wheel and in, in that way. Like it's less it, it's less of a stretch. And I think a lot of BTC maxis really should be able to appreciate the value that Thorchain is adding to Bitcoin. Like it's it's allowing uh, trust minimized swaps to other chains. I mean, I guess if they you know think everything else is a shitcoin, then well then that, that there's that. But you know, so much of the Bitcoin world relies on centralized infrastructure and to give. To bring decentralized infrastructure to Bitcoin, uh, to give to bring yield options, even if you don't use yield, just the swaps alone, um, huge, huge value. So I'm definitely hopeful that more more maxis can appreciate that. Yeah, definitely. And I, I think you know, I think maxis are generally considered one group, but there's totally a spectrum. Like I'm a maxi because I got into Bitcoin around 2017, and I saw like a bunch of the other coins I you know, bought just go to like crap. And a lot of them were, I mean, there, let's be honest, there's a lot of stuff in this space that's just vaporware um, and, you know, empty promises. And so for me, maxi for me means like, I just, you know, I, I understand long-term like how things work. You can have these other coins that run up, but that doesn't mean, you know, it's like looking at a penny stock. It's like, you're not going to put your 401k in a penny stock just because one of them, a couple of them popped. So for me, it's like, even though I am a BTC maxi, I still think that that doesn't mean that there's nothing else that may have utility or nothing else that's interesting. Um, I personally don't choose to put a, you know, a significant portion of any of my funds in, in, in these other things just because I don't want to take that risk. But I find a lot of utility, like you were saying, in what you guys are building for, even if even if I'm not interested in the, the yield, which I'm just playing around with it because I, I, I think that it's interesting and I wanted to you know put some money in the game and see how it works. And so I appreciate what you guys are doing. Thanks for having me up. And yeah, I mean, I, I I think that Rune does come up a couple of times in different spaces. We talk about it as not we, as in like it's one group, because, you know, again, there's some people that are completely everything else is a shit coin. USD is a shit coin. 100% of my money is in Bitcoin. And then there's other people that are, you know, more reasonable. It just, everyone's got their own views. And so I, I know Rune has come up several times as far as like interesting projects and, and what you guys are offering for, freedom really because that's what bitcoin's about is about freedom right uncensorable transactions and with everything that's happened with ftx and you know all these draconian like kyc things it's like dude i'm you know i try and get like people into bitcoin and they go to get on exchange and they're getting like 
oh, I got rejected. Why? Like my driver's license, this and that. And it's like, this is not like, that's not what crypto is about. Crypto is about freedom. And you guys, you know, Thor, Thor having this, um, you know, protocol that allows people to swap in and out freely is that's what's needed, man. Like less trust and more trustless. So I appreciate you having me up. Good luck. And I'll uh, drop down to the, the listeners and just listen in. Yeah. Thanks for your input. I uh, appreciate it. We, we, we love it. Yeah. Same page. If you ever, um, if you ever know of one of these spaces that's happening where, where, you know, rune might not just be laughed out as a shit coin and they actually want to have a discussion, you know, hit any of us up. Um, anyone on nine realms, myself, Chad, Chad B, uh, you know, somebody would be happy to, to jump on and, and chat, I'm sure. So that, that's definitely what we want to do is immerse ourselves in these other ecosystems. Thanks gents. Happy Friday. Thanks. Or just tag DoorChain. Uh, someone will see it and we'll, we'll, uh, we'll make a showing. We've had some really great spaces externally recently. I don't know if any of you guys have been to them, but we've been doing a lot, of, a lot more like external AMAs and things like that. And I think that's something we also want to continue just going into 2023. Uh, I, think, I think we'll have some, some more good like AMA spaces and, and things like that just to just ex- expand uh, you know, who we're talking to and, uh, you know, people that may have only, you know, slightly heard of Thorchain. Yeah. And as the momentum picks back up, we'll have to re, uh, reinvigorate multi-chain live one of these days. And cause yeah, that, that's really the fun stuff is like explaining yeah. to new people. And, and I think, yeah, that, that space that, uh, Pluto and Eridanus that you guys did, uh, maybe like 10 days ago or, or whenever that was, was a really good example of that. Like I loved listening to that. I think it was such a great starting point and uh just just an overview you know from the ground up and it's great when you're talking to people that don't really get it yet not like not in an offensive way just they don't know they don't know about thorchain yet and you have to explain it from the ground up and i feel like that's where um the message really cuts through and you get into like the really interesting things that excited all of us in the first place and and now we mostly kind of are in the weeds talking about like adr 005 or whatever <laughs> but the the exciting part is is that it's it just what it really stands for, what it does for the whole space, how it works is endlessly fascinating. So it's going to be fun to get to talk to new, new people over time. We're doing, we're doing, um, we're going to be on, uh, what is it? Monday, I guess. Is, is that the ninth? Um, yeah. Monday, the ninth at uh, what time? Um, I will, we'll tweet it out from the third chain main account, but Aerodynamics and I will be on, um, coin whale talks channel, which is uh, half a million, um, followers on Twitter. So that should be pretty cool. So yeah, it's always, it's always fun talking to, uh, talking to folks in the space who haven't heard of Thorchain. You guys are great. We love all of our, uh, our regular listeners, but sometimes, you know, it's just better to talk to people who have no idea what Thorchain is. For sure. We, of course, love all the regulars and that's why we just go straight into the weeds. But yeah, it's I think we all want we all want new faces, too. And uh, that's kind of what it's all about. So, yeah, looking forward to that. That one um, sounds pretty big. Yeah, Pluto, I'm talking with another one, too. We'll, 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 we'll iron all these out and, and get them all scheduled. Uh, I think there's there's pro- there's bound to be like dozens of these groups that just do like uh, these uh AMAs and like obviously we don't we don't pay for these or anything nor do we have any intention of, of doing that so um yeah these are great just like things just to meet just to it's, it's just another way to network and just like meet more people in this space have more people understand like what it is that we're about understand more of uh, what other people are doing too and how and how other people think about um you know this product from 
from their viewpoint, from from a complete outside viewpoint, someone that's never used it, never heard of it, uh, etc. I think I think that's one of the most interesting things. And uh, w- one of the questions I wanted to ask uh, the guy who was just up here was like, "Oh, well, you're, you said you're a Bitcoin maxi. How did you find out about Dorshain?" And uh, like, uh, you know, Eric. I mean, obviously, but um, I, that was that that was, that was just the one thing that I, that I wanted to know uh, from him is like how we found out about it. Um, so here, Avid wants to come back up. So. Hey, Avid. Uh, yeah, uh, you were just asking. You wanted to follow up. Yeah, I mean, I heard, I heard um, Eric. Uh, well, first I saw his tweet about uh, Thorchain, and I used Shapeshift back in 2017, 2018, and when it was like a website. And so, I kind of followed up and did some digging, and and to me, like this. Um, protocol is what has been missing in the space. Um, again, you know, like having, having trust, like not, not trusting and, and actually having something that's like decentralized uh, and a protocol where it's not like going through a party like that. So I started looking into it and watching videos about it. And then um, just over time, like basically I think it was like February or sorry, December, 2021 ish is when I like finally made the commit to try an LP uh, just so I could, you know, fiddle around with it. And, uh, you know, I, before that I had bought some rune because that was another thing is like, there was no way as a U.S. person for me to really like get access to rune. Uh, it wasn't on Kraken yeah. at the time. And so I had like bought some and I'm like, wow, this is like really cool. I'm getting like really good favorable exchange rates. And, you know, I think it's important, even if you have conviction in, in something to like question and steel man your own position. And so as a BTC maxi, who's like, yeah, most everything else is a scam. Like that doesn't mean I have to ignore it. Like looking into something and having an open mind is, is critical to being able to, you know, grow and not just be a stagnant individual. So that's kind of how I found my way in was first thing I did some swaps, bought some Thor, you know, and it, I just got more and more interested in the developments and stuff. I know there were some setbacks with things that happened in the past, but um, as with anything that's hard, like nothing's perfect right you're gonna have some some hiccups here 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 and there along the way so that's how i made my way in man and uh yeah now just looking forward to trying a little savers and just experimenting around with it it's not that i'm gonna put a significant portion of my wealth into it but like as things grow and become more solid and there's a a a history of of um good security and stuff i think people's trust in it will grow and i think it will explode in popularity hopefully this next cycle is going to be the cycle where thorchain gets kind of widespread exposure and adoption that's key there not putting too much into it either like i mean it, it, it's easy to the um I, like obviously like we're, we're confident in the security of, of thorchain and the economic viability of it but you know it's still it's still the early days and it'll it'll take many years for that trust and adoption to to grow like it, it's going to take years of the first btc savers to um to to say like hey i've had my savers in here for five years and now i'm up you know 20 percent in btc terms where where's all the maxis at um i'm i'm looking forward to to those days when we see that come around bring it up litecoin underground well, this will we'll just have this as the last uh speaker up here hey how you doing man i'm oh, sorry i was switching on you can you hear me all right yep okay Hey, so a uh, question for you guys. You know, Litecoin uh, recently added Mimblewimble last May. It's only in the core wallet right now. Uh, do you guys run core nodes, or are you guys running, like, like 
Um, let me check for you real quick. I'm I'm sure we're running the lightest version of whatever is possible, but um, let me just double check for you real quick. Um, yeah, it's. I think we're running up. We're running the full node, so I don't think it's a light client. I think it's the full node that has the full copy of the chain. Um. And we're running 0.18.1 Litecoin daemon. Okay. Um, why? What's the? What's the? What? What's the? What, what would you like to see um, on the Litecoin side of things? Yes, I mean, are you guys familiar with uh, the Mimblewimble upgrade last year? Um. Yeah. Somewhat. Is that what enables uh, privacy? Yeah, it's confidential transactions essentially, and so uh, I know it's been you know something they're working on getting it on mobile and. Um, I guess more than anything, like who would, cause I, I'm not a developer, but I could maybe try to connect, connect somebody who could help out as far as getting that enabled so that there'd be a way to move inside of Mimblewimble. Cause essentially what it is, it's an, an extension block. So, uh, these blocks are mined alongside your regular, I guess, transparent Litecoin chain. Um, Interesting. And so, if you could keep everything in MWeb on ThorChain, yeah. or even 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 through the point of like you guys were willing to receive Mimblewimble coins and send from Mimblewimble out, that would be a huge advantage because no, I don't think any centralized exchanges are going to do that. And so that is there? Is it? Is it? It's like so. It's its own side chain. It looks like. Uh, yeah, it's not a side chain. Like, Liquid is a side chain, right, for um, LBTC. It's yeah. Actually, these are extension blocks that are mined. They're it's essentially inside the protocol. So there's no... Like SegWit, sort of, right, where it's a, like a block kind of attached to the, yeah. to the block? Yep, exactly. And so what you do is you peg in and peg out. So you can, from a normal Litecoin wallet, you can send into a, an MWeb address... The big thing is that your wallet has to recognize the MWeb address as an MWeb address, or as like a legitimate address to send to. So if you guys are already oh. running 18.1, it probably, it may work. Maybe I could try it out. I had, I don't know if it's something that would. What's, so what's like, what, what, what were you trying, what would you be trying to accomplish there? Like, would you want the actual transactions, like, a, like be able to do a swap? on ThorChain, like, with Litecoin without actually having anyone see it? Or are you trying to... Um, because, I, I mean, I'm, I'm from what my understanding with, like, this type of privacy is that you could send from... You could, like, swap through the, the docs address and then, like, send to a... Send with Mimblewimble and then no one else would be able to see that. Um, but I don't, I don't know how we would be able to, like, actually integrate Mimblewimble into, like, the... the I, I'm not sure what you're what you're asking, like for us to do. Basically. Well, I mean, I mean, step one would be just the ability to receive and send Mimblewimble transactions. So that because let's say today, if I have if I have coins on the M website, if mm. I want to send them to you and you don't aren't able to receive on MWeb, then what I have to do oh, is right. I have to I peg out in my own in my own wallet. I'll peg out into regular LTC, send it across as 
just regular LTC. So, I mean, it's not, you know, it's not the end of the world, but I think to be able to do it all in a, inside the web world would be great as far as sending and receiving. Because, again, there's no, there's no, like, I guess, whitelisting of those addresses then, right? Yeah. I'm also curious how, like, um, it's just like some of the things with privacy with, uh, with ThorChain is, like Thorchain relies on being able to observe the, um, the you know the transaction with like known finality, um, and I don't know how the um, you know our like by, like the Bifrost would observe um, as I mean, if it's its own vault, but then if well sender and receiver it, both it, see the transaction, just nobody else does. Yeah, yeah. So no, so nobody else sees it. So right. So like it like. The actual um, vault is controlled by, like, the actual address that would be receiving the Litecoin is, is the Asgard vault, and so you'd actually need to like do some type of, type of TSS ceremony just to like check the inbound, um, because you would be you would you essentially need to prove cryptographic ownership or control of the receiving address to actually see the transaction. So it would require you to like, in order to like decode the transaction, you would have to do a threshold signature um, through TSS. So I think that, that could get pretty complicated. Um, I'm curious to see how like privacy oriented forks of Thorchain deal with it. Yeah, do you guys, I don't know all the assets. Are you guys doing uh, Zcash right now or no? No, at, at this time we're not doing, we're not hand, we're not doing any privacy coins. The, um, the node operators made it cl- pretty clear. And, and our position has been that, um, you know, just like dabbling in the world of privacy coins exposes Thorchain to an unnecessary amount of risk right now, and that the network is not sufficiently censorship resistant to um, withstand an attack from, say, the U.S. government. So, like, obviously, that's something we'll strive towards. But um, at this point in time, it would it would almost be a bit of a foot gun for us to, to try and do um, privacy coins, just because of wh- whoever does it first. Like, it's just going to be an extremely attractive. Um, off-ramp for like stolen and laundered funds um, and so it's going to attract basically immediate scrutiny to whoever tries to do you know decentralized exchange with private privacy coins and I, I fully expect like you know the, the the government to try to crack down on that um, through sending cease and desist letters to um, you know node operators directly via their ISP or to their um, their hosting so like it's just too much of a risk um, in my opinion I've, I've argued vehemently um, this position that that Thorchain is not ready for um, that level of scrutiny um, I still you know like you know my, my own opinions on like where I stand in terms of privacy coin are, are my own but just from just like purely uh, you know Survive. evaluating the risks evaluating the risks to this network like you know that I I felt that it was necessary to speak up against adding privacy coins, and you know it seemed like seemed like the node operators agree for the most part, but like a lot of the node operators also are are very like privacy oriented, and you know um, are in this space like for that reason as well. So so there you know it, it's pretty it's pretty evenly split right now. I'd say you know it's like fifty fifty want it don't want it, and like you need a, a two thirds majority in order to enable it. Yeah. So it's like. If it does get added, like it'll, you know, I think I think it's going to take those, you know, holdout node operators some more time and and confidence to determine that like the the network is in a place where it can actually, you know, um, defend itself from from attacks well, I, I think, like that. I think a good first step would be even if you just enabled 
the ability to withdraw to MWeb. Like that your wallet would recognize MWeb addresses as legitimate Litecoin addresses. Because if your note if your node is up to date, I think eighteen point one is the one you needed, then it has the capability and and from your yeah. end all you all you would do is you would be you know, kind of hands clean, be like, look, I just sent it to this address. I have no idea what is happening. Because if that were the case... Well, we, we have to have some idea of what's happening, right? Like, like our the way our the way our vaults and the way the slashing system and the way, like, the, the security model works is, like, all the nodes have to be able to actually know that they sent an outbound... Uh, funds to an outbound right. address. Well, that, and, and so, or, or else they'll slash each other. So, like, if, if, you, if you need cryptographic... If you basically need to own the key... In order to see that the transaction actually happened, then you need then you need to do some sort of threshold signature because well, no no one node is going to be able to actually know that it, it that it received the transaction to that vault. It'll need to do some sort of like um, threshold signature. It's really interesting, like from a from a technical perspective, how we would do that. But I I, I think that the lift would actually be quite high. Well, can I? Ex- I'll just explain how it works because what an outbound transaction does is you do send on chain into that extension block so that ex- that extension block is like a one lump sum address that gets mined in every single litecoin block and so as far as you would be concerned thorchain's just sending a transaction to that block but inside mweb yeah. it would end up going to the recipient inside of mweb so yeah but what i'm saying is that like the way thorchain works like we we have to be able to see and 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 every node has to be able to confirm that the transaction happened the way that it that we said it did right like everyone has to observe that 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 transaction was actually sent to that address and that person received their funds and the only way to do that is if you actually control the address and and no one node node can actually control that light that you know the uh, the the light coming vault address to be able to you know, do the, um, basically it's like trying to see through a one-way mirror, right? You know, you have to, you have to, you have to have the key in order to see through it, but, um, and, and make that observation and then post that back to the chain. So I, I think there's just, it's kind of fundamentally at odds with the design of Thorchain to be able to do something where the person that's receiving the fund, i.e. like the Asgard vault, the, the, which is what, you know, where all the funds get stored. No one node has the ability to, would have the ability to see Trans uh, uh privacy transactions into that vault. I could be completely wrong. That's just my that's just my like my take on what what would be like some pretty. I think some pretty heavy lifting would be necessary to do that okay. for a deposit. I think, but I think for with for like a outbound, like if someone makes a Bitcoin to Litecoin swap. Uh, I mean, all, all Thorchain would need to do is send it to this Mimblewimble yeah, address. But, but everyone right? has to everyone has to observe that they actually sent mm. it. Everyone True. independently has to observe that and well, post that back to the chain, or else we slash them for not sending from the yeah. vault. And, I, I and think... in order to see the transaction go into the chain, you have to control the key to the vault, which no one node does. Yeah. Well, you know what I'll do? Right. I'll, I'll talk to, I mean, right now, like I said, they're working on getting it on mobile. Um, David Burkett, the developer of MWeb, um, I don't know. I'll Maybe if you had somebody, I could put him in touch with if you guys had any interest in trying to make it work I'm, i mean he's he's got a lot on his plate but i know that he's very committed to this thing <laughs> he's been working on it for two plus years it's a pretty awesome tech and i'd love to see it on thorchain for sure 
I mean, if you like to connect us, I'm sure people would love to to talk with him. I'm like, I, who knows what could come out of that conversation? But uh, if you want to send anyone our way, then uh, just I would I would DM Pluto or uh, Nine Realms. Okay, cool. I'll do it. Right. I'll follow you guys. And I do a spaces every Wednesday night. If you guys want to come in, I'd love to have the Thor clan in. <laughs> yeah, we'd love to. So, like, just mostly Litecoin, but we talk everything. So we're pretty. Sweet. We're not maxis at all. <laughs> yeah, so. I, I know. I've been meaning to come by. I, I DM'd I DM'd you a while ago uh, about about coming through, but I I will definitely try and, and make it out soon to some of these spaces. Yeah, you'll find. See, I get a lot of Monero folks, and I don't think they they're, they're the ones mad at you guys because of this privacy stuff, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. are, are they? Are they? I've I've I think they're just like disappointed because they were all pretty hyped up i know like the cake wallet guys were talking about trying to do some integration with you guys and i think it's and I, and, and i kind of understand both your guys perspectives i mean survival is the number one thing and uh like literally the first person to like do to, the first person to offer decentralized like trade from bitcoin to monero is going to get absolutely fucked by like the u.s government and it's without a doubt because you know, right now, like they're like you can see what happens. Like, Ren BTC is is being used by um fucking you know Sam Bankman Fried to like launder his money in real time while he's out on bail. They're gonna like they're gonna fucking realize that, and then they're gonna just totally fuck Ren BTC. Like, a, 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 as as people as these like you know these cases like start to come to litigation and and people start going to jail for like stealing and using stolen funds, they're gonna pay attention to like where those are being laundered. And anyone that facilitates it is just going to get fucked. Like that's just—I I just don't, you know, I don't—I don't see how um, how how you can really avoid that does, unless. Does Change know. Now do it right now? Doesn't Change Now? You still got to send your ID though, like when you use those services. I don't. I use because if you, you go look on look at what wallet. happened to the Tornado Cash developer, he's still sitting in prison right now. He just developed a protocol. What I'm saying, Cake Wallet. In Cake Wallet, you can swap between Bitcoin, Litecoin, and Monero. And I don't, I'm not putting any ID in for that stuff. Are you serious? I, and I think change now is who backs them up. I think. Is there, is there like, there must be like a, like limits on that then to where, to where it's like, it doesn't, you know, make sense to try to launder through it. Maybe. Yeah. It may be a certain dollar amount a day. I, you know, when I've done it, I've just screwed around with it. You know, hey, don't reveal your size like that. <laughs> no, I'm not. I'm not that. I'm not a whale. I'm just a light coiner, you know. Not yet. <laughs> so, uh, well, anyway, I mean, yeah, I think it'd be interesting to have you guys in. I, I just, I just know that they were, at least from what I understood, they were working on some things with you guys, and you guys pumped the brakes because of the Monero stuff. And I, and again, I understand it, and I, I'm always a fan of people that are cautious and survive as opposed to you know get bold and get wrecked right yeah exactly like what we're providing to the the crypto space is already like extremely useful and necessary like to where i just don't see like the risk reward of like even like like why would why would the node operators and like all the lps and everyone who's like put money into thorchain like, why would they keep it in there if all of a sudden there was like this giant existential threat? Like, I, I, I would pull my money if Thorchain um, adopted privacy coins. To be completely honest with you, really? Yeah, yeah. Me too, yeah. Man. I don't want. I'm not trying to lose my money. I'm not trying I'm, to have I'm, my I'm, money seized. 
I'm the Bitcoiner who was talking earlier. And for me, it's like, I understand what you're saying, Litecoin um, guy. I just like for me, having the community, having the ability to swap between BTC and ETH or BTC and Litecoin or name your favorite token without having to like go through like this huge rigor moral with like, you know, your address doesn't match this and that. And like all the bullshit, like crypto is supposed to be about freedom right and so like well i i agree with you long term i think everything that the the devs here are saying is like it's 100 legit because right now it's it's so early that it's not worth the risk man because just being able to swap btc to eth or litecoin to btc like that's de- in a decentralized protocol like that to me is so valuable it can't be risked for you know some corner case thing that it just has such a high high risk and a low reward yeah. Well, I mean, so, essentially, essentially, if you're if everything's non KYC, you know, a lot of these coins become privacy coins, right? Potentially, what, what, like Bitcoin is very much private if no one ever reveals who they are. Pseudonymous, yeah. pseudonymous. So it's I mean similar. Well, it's just more of how the, the purview of the government, right? I think, yeah, and I think the government's just going to, like, look at, like, okay, where is the fiat going? You know, like, wh- 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 where, where is the crypto, you know, off-ramping into fiat in different countries? And, like, it, you know, if, if they're just like, oh, there's a bunch of, like, fiat going to these, like, random, you know, random places and the trail goes cold, like, that's going to just raise alarm bells and, and, and stuff for them. So I, I, I don't, you know, I don't know. This is, this is a really, really tough discussion. I don't think that there's a, there's a correct answer yet. And I think that the, the, the goal is just like buy time and see how, you know, the landscape plays out and, and right. keep an eye, you know, like, you know, just and there, the, sometimes like the best action is just to like not do anything. Yeah, no, I appreciate yep. it. I trust me. I appreciate what you guys are doing and it's probably super valuable for a lot of people. And, and I do think these centralized exchanges are going to be gone. I don't, I don't see how they survive. Maybe, maybe a few of them here and there, but for the most part, people should be avoiding those places. But all right, well, I, I gotta run. But uh, yeah, Wednesday nights, nine o'clock. Follow me, Twitter Spaces. I'll invite you again. Thanks, guys. Nice. Thanks for coming. Thanks so much. We'll definitely be out. Um, let's go to Crypto Sailor. Sorry, I left you up there, and then we'll go to the Shapeshift guy who just left the stage for some reason. Oh, there he is. Hey, <clears throat> Crypto Sailor. Hey, what's up? How y'all doing? I hope it's a good night for y'all. Yeah. Uh, I had a couple comments. I really appreciate what uh, the Thorchain project is doing. I think you get a lot of positive vibes here. Maybe uh, it's a little bit of an echo chamber, but I know around the whole entire crypto space, people are really open to this. Um, I think one of the things I hear a lot of people talking about, you know, maybe uh, you're maxi in some certain position or uh, something like that. I think one thing that's not maybe discussed as much uh, by devs or people in the project is I think what Thorchain does with its modified state consensus, which is not the, the basic tendermint uh, simple uh, delegated proof of stake like Cosmos Hub is doing, um, there's, there's a lot more wrinkles to it than that. And I think it actually addresses a lot of the issues that, let's say, proof of work maxis have with proof of stake. Uh, and I think from what I've had some conversations with several people, Chad and JP and stuff like this back in the day. And from what I gather, I think the, the original 
core devs were looking uh, to address a lot of those concerns because they were coming from the proof of work side and they saw uh, problems with uh, the simple delegated proof of stake. Um, what is it in your opinion that uh, makes the proof of stake unique and addresses the issues that proof of work um, people have with proof of stake? I think it's um I think it's our churn mechanism and the way that like um the actual asset being bonded in creates the security. So it's just like they're, 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 the incentive is always going to be to like bond as much as you possibly can. Um and the oldest nodes are always getting churned out so we're constantly doing, you know, um basically like we're holding that auction. Essentially it's a it's a it's a auction to become a node operator every 3 days. So we did well yeah, like you said we did a lot of um changes like you know we don't we don't have delegation um and we do this we do the churn we you know it's it's basically like a public almost like security auction um you know all those things were were thought out in, in well in advance of the core team in looking at you know, they, they were almost able to predict like it's kind of crazy like in the, like the, the the foresight that they had to be able to predict what the problems would be of uh, of delegated proof of stake systems and before that before they were even really like prominent um they kind of were just like, well, this is what everyone's talking about right now doing, you know, with Tendermint and all that. But like, you know, they were the really like the core team really sat down and were, were like, is this actually going to work like from a tokenomics perspective? Um, and so they so, you know, they, they, they designed Rune really to be like, you know, actually have utility. Um, so that's I, I don't know if that addresses your question. I'm not I'm not <clears> exactly <throat> sure on the parallels between proof of proof of work and proof of stake in this context. But I, 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 well, I, I think. That's a really good way of, of putting it initially. I'll, I'm also doing a lot. You might notice my channel on Twitter is heavy uh, ThorChain oriented. I focus on what I call tech alpha. So I'm only uh, looking at uh, disruptive tech and ThorChain is absolutely disruptive as I think uh, we've heard said. Also, there's people talking about interfaces and, and things like this. Um, also, I had a question uh, I'm looking to get a little bit more engaged with uh, the community. So anybody, please feel free to follow me and hit me up if, if you want to get more engaged on some of the marketing and communication side. I know there's a couple DAOs that I tried to get started. But I also had a question about some of – it's been kind of discussed off and on, and that's like a community run or a community DAO as a, as a, a validator node. And I was wondering if TSS signing routines could be used on Thorchain itself to do decentralized governance over uh, bonded rune and rewards that you would need to post for uh, a validator node. Yeah, that would be super interesting. I think I know what you're, what you're talking about there. Um, so basically, like, yeah, uh, yeah, that, that you're starting to you start to get into like delegated proof of stake there. But I really that's like that 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 could be doable if we. Um, it would be interesting to have an, um, nodes that had an unlimited bond provider, an unlimited number of bond providers, so that like when, when, when it's churned out every, I don't know how, how long it takes, like with there's 90 validators churning every two and a half days. So like every 45 or maybe it's every 90 days, um, a node churns out basically. And like during that time, as many people that wanted to could like bond to it. Um, that would be pretty interesting. Although you would hit, you would, it, it would, it would end up 
pushing the bond of that particular node extremely high, which then would not be counted towards the security because there is a bond hard cap um, of the, um, the, the highest, um, basically the, the, the highest amount of rune in the bottom two thirds of bonds is the effective bond hard cap to contribute to security so that you don't have an issue with, um, with nodes that are essentially like having, you know, one team that basically has like 60 million rune bonded to a node or whatever. So I'm, I'm just trying to think, you know, I personally, I'm in favor of, of like community run validators. I don't think that there's anything you can do to, um, to stop that from happening. And, and, you know, earlier on in the call, I kind of alluded to the fact that like, I want to see more institutions and organizations, you know, forming stronger bonds and running, running their own nodes on Thorchain. So I think that that's just, you know, it, it you know, there's going to be some level of like, of, of, of trust the same way that there's a level of trust between nine realms is, um, node clients and, you know, and us as their, as their, um, infrastructure provider, you know, that like that, that's just going to happen. I, I think that it, to say that that's not going to, that that's, that it's possible to prevent that or that we shouldn't let that happen is just like kind of ignoring the just, you know, market dynamics and cause. Yeah. Effect. And I think, I think my idea was to do governance off chain so that there wouldn't be any chance of like reverting to some kind of del uh, like delegated proof of stake in the protocol. So run the governance exterior, but operate the, 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 the pool node address to whatever is being uh, posted for security and whatever is being distributed for rewards. Do that through TSS and do the government governance for that TSS off, off of uh, Thornchain itself on a different chain or on a separate chain. Yeah, that would be interesting. Something to, think, yeah, something to think about. I mean, you still run into issues with like whoever is running the infrastructure on the primary network that they, they are essentially the ones that are in control. But I would love to see some, whoever solves, um, wh whoever does like uh, a, a community validator, um, I, would, I would only support it if it had, um, if they had some way of doing like, um, if they had some way of doing like provable on-chain um, delegated voting so like the actual people like who have have staked into that node are the ones that have um, a say in like what the, you know, especially for like these node votes and stuff that they would kind of be conducting their own vote within that node. And then that that node would only do what the majority of the stakers. Um, yeah, exactly. And that, that could be done be really through cool. TSS, right? Well, it could also just be done like on chain on Thorchain itself natively via some extension. Like we'll, we'll, we'll have to like take a look at and see what what that is but um yeah anyone who's interested in like building that yeah reach out for sure i mean it's not going to be a priority for for us for the at least like you know in this quarter we have a lot going on but i can imagine i can imagine spending you know engineering cycles to try to figure something out that you know i i, I think will ultimately lead to more decentralization because it just means there's more people involved in the, in the decision making of the network yeah, I 100% agree. Thanks for uh, answering those questions. One final statement. I know people were talking about ASIM LP, but real Thor Chads always do ASIM LP through Rune. No, why would you do that? Then you're selling Rune. <laughs> yeah. Then you're selling Rune. Um, but also, like, GG to the yeah, guy. Yeah, but you can't earn that. anything on it otherwise. What? You can't earn anything on it otherwise. 
Oh, he's uh, saying that only a real big, only, uh, it, it, it's a joke. Only someone who's a real Thorchain Maxi would, if you're a real Thorchain Maxi, you would only ASIM deposit rune because then that's the only thing that you could possibly hope to gain in a ASIM deposit scenario. That's the oh, joke. I just overexplained exactly. it. Yeah. Thanks, guys. Yeah, we got to work on that. <laughs> we got to work on that. Thanks, bro. All right. Uh, lastly, DeFi Cafe. Oh. Hey. All right, I got to uh, run. You, you, can, you can run. All right, All right see you later, guys. Thanks. What's up, man? I just want to say hi from Shapeshift um, and kind of bring that conversation a little bit back to the privacy thing. I'm guessing that's why the Haven integration was either kind of abandoned or kind of went cold or was that like intentional or just that kind of fell by the wayside? No, it, it's actually like pe people are still working on it. It's just very... Uh, takes a lot of time to figure this stuff out it is definitely not done like uh yeah, it yeah, is yeah. still in progress so i, I believe it is active actively being worked on but i can't verify that i've just been people have told me that they're actively working on it so whether that's true or not uh for someone else to determine for sure that's super cool what, so no yeah, idea I, of a rough eta or anything like that no, no, and I I would expect to see I would I would almost expect to see it on like a fork of Thorchain before Thorchain itself, like uh, uh, like like Maya or something like that. I'm not sure exactly where it's being actively developed, but if it's being developed for one of these, it's kind of like you know uh, being developed for all. So it, it is currently being worked on in some shape or form by somebody, and who exactly it is a good question. I don't actually know who, but uh, no, not Nine Realms is is what I'm trying to say. So. Uh, Nine Realms is not currently working on it, but I believe someone on the core team is currently working on, uh, you know, some of the other things like Monero and and things like that. There's definitely work being done on Monero on Black. Um, I don't ha know a whole lot about that, and there's not a whole lot out there. But that's a rabbit hole that people can potentially dig into a little bit. Uh, Black Node. Yeah, I think that's where the Haven work is, or maybe that's that's kind of all. Uh, together, the Monero work is the Haven work, I, I believe. So I think it is still actively in progress, and it's probably being done there rather than in like the Thorchain repos. So if you're like looking to check up on the progress of that, I would check there. And then uh, you know, once it's developed there, uh, then it can be forked to put into Thorchain if if it uh, comes to if it comes to that. So yeah, but really as far as I know, that. that's the process. Yeah, cool progress. We're um we're actively working on savers as well, so expect to see Woo! more volume coming from our side soon. Yeah, um, Shapeshift right now number three on the affiliate tracker list of like who is sending the most like swap volume in and out of uh, Thorchain. So like I uh, like I know I've spoken a lot with your guys' team, and you guys are building that uh, that savers edition right now. And obviously, like doing regular cross chain swaps. So just like, just a huge shout out to the Shapeshift team and everything that they're building, and you know everything that we're gonna uh, be doing with you guys in in the future. So it's a match made in heaven right here. Totally, You're, you guys are pretty much one of the the major reasons that we we're able to become a DAO in the first place. Like we shut down our kind of you know being a counterparty with the market exchange because you know the tech caught up like thought existed like a combination of like you guys plus zero x pretty much got you know the same product in a decentralized way so just love to see it it, it really is a match made in heaven one last question for you guys um the raise the caps like 
hashtag that the kind of thought chain community was pushing so loudly, I guess, back 21-ish when, you know, swaps are in chaos net. Do you guys have the equivalent for savers um, or like, you know, because the caps get hit pretty quickly after they get raised, are you planning to do the same kind of campaign? Um, probably not. And there, we're, we're just very cautious about, about savers and, and ramping up into this. And there really doesn't need to be as many cap raises. So like the, uh, the, the limitation here is the synthetic a- asset utilization ratio, which we sure. don't want to be over 50% of the, the pool depth. And so right now, the maximum it can be is up to 30%, and that's still not full. And I think there's, there's still discussions going on on whether we should raise it right away once we get to 30 on, uh, on Bitcoin or whether we should wait until other pools start to catch up. Um, I, th- I think it's still being determined, but there, there really is only one more cap raise that we can do, and that's to go up to 50%. Once it's at 50%, that's the maximum that I that uh, I, th- I think a lot of us agree that we should go to. We shouldn't go above 50%. And that's also when POL gets turned on, which is what maintains it at 50% as uh, savers still scale. So, uh, yeah, I mean, do you need, do you need uh, to go? Do you, need, do you want me to go into like POL at all, or like how that kind of affects yeah. the, the, the the caps there? Totally. I mean, what whatever people want to hear. Yeah, sure. So, uh, protocol owned liquidity is the protocol reserve adding rune into the pools, and the goal of POL is to maintain that synth asset utilization ratio. So, let's say the synth asset utilization is is right at fifty percent. It's right on the the mark uh, where basically like half the pool is uh, synthetic asset liability and then a whale deposits you know uh, you know 50 BTC and all of a sudden that synth utilization shoots up to 55 percent or something like that right the the protocol will recognize that the synth utilization is over what it's what its goal is its goal being about 50 percent and it adds rune into the pools it becomes a liquidity provider into the network and it adds enough liquidity to drop down uh, the synth utilization back to 50%. So the POL is just adding liquidity into the network to maintain the synth utilization always 50%. So it, it's basically a dynamic system that uh, when liquidity is added, it adds liquidity to maintain that. And then when liquidity is removed, it also removes liquidity to help maintain the synthetic asset utilization ratio. So... Uh, the POL is really, that's really the, the raise the caps in this sense. It, it will just continually raise the caps just by adding more liquidity to the network over time. So POL is really what's going to uh, make this thing scale. And I would look forward to seeing that probably this month, I would hope. That's awesome. Really appreciate that explanation as well. Um, so since kind of threshold is at what 30 percent now you said and then you can go up to a max of 50 safely so like we're looking at maybe 60 percent increase on the like total savers like tvl i guess as a ratio of the current liquidity yes but sure, sure. At, yeah yes but yeah uh, you, you can think of it that yeah. way sure Assu- assuming liquidity is constant right yes yeah okay cool Yep, and then as people just keep depositing savers, that just means the, the the protocol just adds more and more liquidity and just keeps scaling it up. Yeah, that that that's why like we're really excited for POL. Um, 
it's just going to be this really cool. It's just a very dynamic system that reacts when when more liquidity is added. It it adds more liquidity and keeps the caps going. When people are removing liquidity, it says, "Oh, well, this isn't needed anymore. Let's let's take some of this out and give the yield back to the regular LPs." So that's that's what's really going to uh, take this thing to the next level and make it so we we scale savers up to. Uh, you know, is that 10 million today, a hundred million and, uh, you know, a, a billion years from now. We'll see. Sure. Is there any ever going to be like the ability to, uh, do savers for like non-native assets, I guess. So like ERC twenties, you know, like a, a USDC, uh, saver vault. Yeah, I, that's definitely, I think that's not on the table. Um, and I, the, the reason for that is just the, the liability because anyone could mint, you know, random synth ERC twenty, and you, you could really mess around with the the you know the, with the economics on, uh, especially with you know wrecking LP. Like, th- th- there's some weird things you can do with some of these ERC twenties, and you know, opening that up to the like the smaller liquidity tokens, like, is definitely not in in the interest of the network. I, I think maybe it could go into stable coins one day, but even stable coins. I would say is like it, it's risky because it when savers essentially or not savers synths synthetic assets as that utilization ratio increases it increases the amount of leverage on liquidity providers and it means that when rune goes down basically yep. it takes away from the liquidity the regular liquidity providers of the network and gives it to the synths to make sure they're always backed so that's what the major risk is for like stable coins and uh yeah, other ERC twenties. I like. I would very much doubt it. I, I don't think there's even really demand for it at, at scale. So I, I would really doubt we we see something like that. I, I mean, p- people are moving more towards the direction of no ERC twenties and etc. on Dorchain at, at all. So I think yeah, that's kind of direction everything sense. starts moving. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, because I mean, like, you guys are good at the, the kind of like native layer one swap, right? Like, you know, the the ESC stuff's cool, but you know, separation of concerns and composability and all that. So I, I totally get that. Yeah, and it's like, which what ERC twenties do we really need to build up liquidity for? Especially when the when the future of the the short tail or the long tail is dex aggregation, and that that's just clear from the user experience standpoint. Like anyone that's used Thorchain to swap to an ERC twenty knows dex aggregation is just fifty times better because you get uh, just a, just a little extra coins, and why would you not want that? So uh, as long as liquidity exists in in troves elsewhere, then I think dex aggregation is the way to go. Uh, do you guys have dex aggregation on uh, on Shapeshift? Um, not in the like multi hop sense, right? Um, we we do like with the the swapper, so we're aggregating through like uh, CalSwap, zero X, and and Thorchain, just kind of one one swaps. Um, Osmosis is coming soon, but it's it's kind of similar to like what DeFi Llama is doing recently with just you know pick the best rate if we're able to route a trade through multiple assets, but uh, multiple like trade routes or swappers, but um, not doing the multi-hop uh, bridge type thing. Well, well, hopefully we can see some uh, Thorchain aggregated transactions in there sometime soon. It would be super super cool to go go cross chain long tail. Yeah, absolutely. It's something we could do for sure. Um, just bundle it all up in the same transaction. Yeah, exactly. Sweet, guys. Um, any closing thoughts? I think it was a great space. Um, yeah, I'm 
I'm good to hop off. It's been a while. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we did do two and a half hours. Good call. All right, guys. Thanks so much. Um, yeah, I guess we'll see you next Friday. Cool. See you guys. Bye-bye.